In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. might not be the return you were expecting, but this coming January, you'll hear my side of the story. You may just be surprised by what you find out. I hope I'm Rachel Levin. Hey, you guys. Sorry. It's me. It's no, this is so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. What's going on, folks? This is your Friday episode. Uh, We're doing a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills solo recap of this week's insane episode I'm coming at you at 11 p.m. at night. Oh, man, it's going to be another long night. Um, we've got a lot to cover even before we do the recap. So so buckle up, folks. What an episode. Have you, by the way, real quick, just let's get, have you ever seen Kyle Richards that giddy? No, you hang up. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up. No, you, let's hang up at the same time. Three, two, <laughs> it reminded me of when you're like a high school teenager and your first love and you're like, I want to stay on the phone all night, Morgan, please. I found them actually very, uh, I have very in-depth feelings about this, even though I'm only seen one episode with them in it, but it, oh, they really, she really likes Morgan. She really likes Morgan. And listen, I'm saying this up top as I always do. This is primarily a comedic podcast without the humor. (laughs) No, I, I like to be silly. I like to have fun. I like to do things that actually make me laugh that goes on in my weird little brain. And we will talk about some deeper motivations and things that I notice. But overall, this is silly. If you are a housewife or if you work on any of these reality shows, take everything that I say, obviously, I would think, with a grain of salt, even though some people take it very seriously. So protect yourself. If if you're going to get your feelings hurt and you are one of these people, don't listen to the show. Like, please, I beg of you, let us all have a good time. Um, uh, <laughs> but like... It, it, it That was a wild episode. It was a wild, wild episode. I was blushing at, at parts. I was like, oh my God, are we getting a tattoo on Kyle's pubis region? Yeah. Yeah. Who had uh, three minutes into this episode that I said pube for the first time? All right. Well, you won nothing. Uh, if you like this podcast and how could you not? I said pubic. Uh Please rate it. Five, <laughs> please rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That really helps. 
Uh, I released a 45-minute Patreon today detailing the events of last night's uh, variety party with all those reality stars. And I'll give a little mini recap here in a second. And I also talked about being on Jeff Lewis's uh, after show this week and just kind of what's been going on with me. It has been a whirlwind since I got back from Arizona. I think it's only been two days, but it feels like a week. Um, how are you guys? Are you guys good? I know I, I, uh, you know what I did today, folks? I read a book. I read an entire book. I'm interviewing somebody tomorrow that has a, a book coming out and I read the entire book and it wasn't like a coloring book or a children's book. It was an actual book. I read it with my own eyes because I didn't have a, I didn't have the audio book and I really, I got swept away in this release and it turned out to be an intense story. So I read that all day. My throat is, this is, I need the podcasting gods to be with me tonight and Lisa Rinna to not, um, to not curse me, your voice hurts, Ryan, because you make fun of me, Lisa Rinna, and Harry's Bolognese. Uh, Lisa, I've never made fun of Harry's Bolognese. Yeah, you have. You've made fun of Harry's Bolognese. Only Lisa Rinna can eat Harry's Bolognese. Lisa, do you miss being on Beverly Hills? What's Beverly Hills? I don't even recognize that term. Is that, what is that? Is that a musical? <laughs> it was the reality show that you were on. For, oh, I, I'm getting up there in age and I sometimes forget things. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about the people giving this show a shot for the first time. And they're like, what the hell is this dude doing? Uh, no, but I've, I've had a sore throat all day. I think the change in weather from like Arizona to Los Angeles. And I've just been talking way too much. Um, no, I mean, it's the right amount, I guess. But it just uh, my my throat is very sore. I, mean, I don't feel sick. It's just my throat is sore. So I've got to get through this tonight. And this is going to be a long one. And then I've got two big interviews tomorrow. And then I can chill. But I've been, like I always say, this is the flipping dream, though. Like, I got to read a book for an interview, and then I watched a bunch of TV shows, which, by the way, did you guys watch The Golden Bachelor tonight on ABC? It was the finale. This Gary, I'm going to pick the love of my life tonight on national television. We had Jesse Palmer, the host of uh, The Golden Bachelor and Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, on last week. Right? It was just last week. He was amazing. But I... I watched the two-hour finale tonight because I was waiting for my throat to feel a little better before I talked to you guys. And uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'm not going to give any spoilers. It was not the choice that I wanted. But listen, we're, they're, they're, but I, I'm not Gary. I'm. That's right, Ryan. You aren't. So mind your GD business. Um, uh, <laughs> I did find it interesting. They had like Jennifer Love Hewitt in the crowd and they had Reese Witherspoon's daughter that they kept flashing to for audience reactions. Did you guys catch that? It was weird. I was like, why, why am I watching Jennifer Love Hewitt react to the Golden Bachelor this much? Um, also, I think I'm going to do an episode on the Golden Bachelor next week of some kind. I don't know if it'll be on the main feed or the Patreon uh, because I want to talk about it in depth and I want to give everybody a chance to have seen it. But I also want to talk about the hit piece that the Hollywood Reporter ran about Gary's uh, past. And I think it's like actually really prescient and relevant to reality shows in general. And you could even tie Vanderpump Rules in there. You could, uh, you know, tie in All Men Are Shit in there. You could tie in We're All Bad Guys and all that stuff. But uh, it is interesting because what this article kind of broke down is that Gary has a past, which all of us do. 
And I thought some of it was valid and some of it was way off the mark, I felt, especially for The Hollywood Reporter. I felt it kind of, uh, it, it seemed more of a, I was trying to think, like, what is it? What, what kind of article did it seem like? Not a Perez Hilton article, but it just, I was like, wow, The Hollywood Reporter did this and they waited for the week of the finale to release this article. Yeah, but it just made me more curious about Gary's life because it talked about him dating people after his wife and how he potentially told one lady that she needed to lose a couple of pounds and made uh, made him and this girl he was dating split the bill all the time. <laughs> We're going to need to split this, okay? We're going to split the bill. Um, but it is interesting because I've talked from the beginning that Gary from the, the Golden Bachelor, they really, I mean, I just have never seen a man so likable um, and it really made my heart sing in a lot of ways, but not just Gary. That's, that's a fallacy because I think a lot of the women's stories, what's really drove the golden bachelor to be as interesting and fascinating for me, uh, as it was, I think for a lot of you guys, because it really showed love at a certain age and how it was still so precious to people, even maybe more precious. And that's why I was so much more into it than younger people falling in love on like those, you know, like it made the bachelor and bachelor in paradise and the bachelorette seem like really silly by comparison. It was so much more fascinating to watch people who have loved and lost try to love again. That to me, like, I was like, this thing has legs and I can't wait. I hope they do many more seasons of this. I hope they do the golden bachelorette. I hope they do the golden bachelor. I hope they do the golden dogs, anything, anything golden I'm into. I think I might even do a rewatch of golden girls. I am loving old people lately, but, um, yeah, I just, I actually, just to let you know too, I just had a coffee because I was like, I need something to warm my throat, but also I need to wake up because it is 11 p.m. at night. So that's, that's why the hyperness right now, folks. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I, I, I want to kind of go in depth on this article I read because I thought it was interesting, but it also reminded me a lot about how we all have paths, how we all at a certain age you are going to have potentially not done the right things uh, by other people. You know, you're going to have broken some hearts or you're going to have your heart broken. You're going to potentially, one person's going to think you're great and one person's going to think you're horrible. Um, and I find that very interesting. And the older I get, I kind of understand that more that you're never going to be universally liked, unfortunately, as much as that drives me up a wall and you're never going to be universally hated either on the flip side of that. Even Tom Sandoval still has a, the majority of his like die hard fans, I think, but, uh, you're lucky to get out of this world without hurting anyone. And, um, I don't know. I, I keep thinking about matters of the heart a lot lately. Um, and I think it's it's just a really hard thing. And it's also a really personal thing. You know, nobody's, uh, nobody's ever going to understand the ins and outs and the complications of your relationship, right? Nobody's going to understand everything about that. Um, but with reality television, it's a little different because some of these relationships we've watched play out entirely on cameras. And that's why the Sandoval Ariana thing was a little different, I think, uh, which I want to is going to lead me into talking about Rachel Levis's podcast that just got announced today was uh, the majority of that relationship was on camera. We got to see major moments in that relationship from conception to the end, all on Vanderpump rules. And uh, I think that's a little different because, you know, you or me, I don't know the ins and outs of your relationship. 
you could tell me one thing and I would be like, well, this person's not lying to me. I got to believe them. And, you know, your partner could tell me a completely different thing. And I wouldn't have any proof to back that up. I wouldn't have any kind of scenes that I watched on TV. You would just have to go by some sort of gut feeling. And I think that's the power of reality television nowadays is we get to see a more fully fleshed out character. But that's, I think, still as we lead into season 11 of Vanderpump Rules in January, I think that's the interesting thing is that we also see reality stars by the time they get to the sixth season. And I'm even talking about the ladies of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that um, that not manufacture, but manipulate. And I don't even think they know they're manipulating, but they are trying to 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 get a certain they're trying to elicit a certain response from the audience. So Kyle Richards last night at the DirecTV uh, Variety event I was at. Uh, Kate Arthur, one of my favorite entertainment reporters for Variety, uh, led this panel discussion on stage. And I'll play a clip for you guys, maybe. I, I don't like, I, I shouldn't have this be too long tonight, but talking about going into this season. In fact, this is a good warm up for Beverly Hills. This might be shitty audio, so just uh, bear with it. But basically, uh, the question was something about going into this season, having like real things happening right now. And I thought this was really interesting. Just stay with this. And uh, I'm going to try. Hopefully this is the clip that I'm thinking. To experience it when you watch. But how do you, what are the tools that you've built up over these 13 years that get you through these things? that if I had thought, you know, back 14 years ago, before this started, that I would be where I'm at, uh, at today, I would never have imagined that. Um, but I, I do think, you know, having two different siblings on the show over these 14 years, I went through a lot of different times. Um, and it's not like, you know, acting where you leave your, you know, your job when you go home. You know, it's, it's our life. And so that was Uh, that actually wasn't the clip I wanted you to hear, but I thought that was a fascinating clip as well. Let's see if this one is it. Did you guys hear that? I know there was a lot of people eating because everybody was eating dinner during this panel discussion. <laughs> Bless me. Whew. Thank you guys. Bless me. Um, so what she basically said there was she doesn't have a good poker face and she didn't know how it was going to play on camera. And so she said going into the season when cameras went up, they were already going through these issues. So they're fully, so she's admitting right then and there that this Mauricio stuff, like they already were in a very bad place where I think they had come to some sort of acceptance before cameras went up. And I thought that was a real big admission 
that we have not heard from Kyle yet of like, how do I hide this? Because they had not told their daughters yet. And that makes sense. That fills in the blanks for me a lot. And maybe for you guys watching these first five episodes of the season of you're like, what is going on? Every time Kyle has a scene with Mauricio, it's like, na-na-na-na-boo-boo. It's like, I'm a teenage girl. I'm going to get more tats. You can't tell me what to do, daddy. And now it's like, whoa, because you are already in this situation fully. I mean, the Morgan Wade stuff, the friendship or whatever it was, was already in full bloom. And she knew and she was scared how this was going to be betrayed when cameras went up. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So think about that tonight as we go through this recap or today or whenever you're listening to it. Think about that. And it shows that Kyle is deathly trying to hold on or point the finger elsewhere, potentially at Sutton and go, she's a drinker. She's not eating. She's not this. Look how kooky she is when she does not want to talk about the husband. She doesn't want to just be honest as Kyle likes to have us have others in her life behave, as she said so many times on this show, season after season for 13 seasons. She knows it is her time. You know, death is at the door. It has come calling and the name is Kyle Richards. And I think she is fighting tooth and nail to not have to do all of this on camera, which by God, who would want to, right? But you're on a reality television show. This is your job. And this has been your job that you've wanted for 13 seasons. And just because you are going through, and I think she really is and was going through one of the worst periods in her life and also a period of immense self-discovery. I mean, she quit booze. She was working she's working out and looking amazing. She has a very bright new friendship that fills her with joy. But on the other hand, a 27 year old marriage that has a family, that has kids, that has business elements is falling apart. And do they hate each other? No, I don't think they do. But I think the romance isn't there. She's not giddy around Mauricio. And I think that's all fascinating because when Kyle finally has something to really share, 
She desperately doesn't want to do that. And I can empathize with Kyle in a way. And I know I'm just, you know, this is all, you know, supposition. And this is all me just kind of fumbling around in the dark, but I'm trying to relate it to certain things that I feel and certain things that I notice in my own life. And there are those things that you want to protect. She wants to protect all of this. She wants to protect it for herself. She wants to protect it for her kids. She, you know, I can tell she doesn't want to fully admit everything with Morgan Wade, even though she wants to show her off on camera and she wants to be show everybody how proud she is of Morgan Wade's music and her career. And look at this, look at this amazing thing that's making me so happy, but she can't share all of it. She's got to like tiptoe, get everybody used to it, right? Get it because it's such a big thing, potentially, whatever this is. But also trying to protect the bad stuff, trying to protect this marriage that she's always been able to kind of hold up and kind of hold up to the other ladies of, look at this, look at what we have that not a lot of you other ladies on this show have, a very successful marriage. And that is gone all of a sudden, you know? Like, oh, we weren't Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. We weren't Sutton and her ex. You know, let's talk about the husband, Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin. Always rumors about Dorit and PK. You had rumors about Mauricio a lot, right? There was always, always cheating this, that. But we almost kind of treat Mauricio like a pro athlete or a, you know, like a pro basketball player. Of like, that's what they do. They cheat, you know. They have an agreement where she just turns the other cheek. I don't necessarily think she did. I think Kyle, at a certain point, uh, had a revelation and, uh, and you can see it, you can see it in her body. You can see it with quitting drinking. And, you know, this is all still new for her. Somebody, I think my friend Amy pointed out, she was like, oh, wow, we don't usually, we see mean drunks, but it's really, it's rare that Kyle's a mean sober person. I mean, Kyle seems more like nasty and mean being completely sober. And I'm not saying that she needs to go back to drink. God, no, not that at all. I just think that's interesting because a lot of people get drunk like Erica Jane with Jax Garcelle's son. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. I'm Jane. You know, remember last season? We talked about it last week. We have some real nasty drunks here and there. Oh, by the way, God, what was Denise on at the pot party? It was, it was not just THC. Woo, Denise Richards, like, Denise, girl, if you're going to be back on camera after the season and how you left, come correct, man. Come dead sober. If you need to fucking calm your nerves, rub like a THC bomb over your knees or something. I don't even know what that even means, what I just said. But you know what I'm saying? Get a massage. Don't fucking come, like, with whatever you came on. Because that was cuckoo, cuckoo bananas. I mean, people say Sutton is kooky. But that Denise shit, I was like, no, come on, man. I would imagine Camille was like, please, Denise, I rarely get asked back on this show. Please, I need to, I need, I need this. I need this to be, oh, I mean, Kelsey Grammer has a new season of Frasier now on Paramount Plus, but uh, Camille needs this. By the way, I always like to uh, just, if you don't remember, remember Camille Grammer, uh, she was, <laughs> Uh, by the way, I feel like I should be the spokesperson for this. Back in the day, Camille Grammer was the spokesperson for IBS. That's right, folks. Irritable bowel syndrome. You think, oh, Ryan, oh, he's being so silly today. No, look it up. When she was with Kelsey Grammer, and I remember an interview. This is how this is how deep my pop culture knowledge goes. I remember this uh, reading an interview where she was still with Kelsey Grammer. She's like, Kelsey encouraged me to be the spokesperson for IBS. And I'm like, I'm sure he did. Like, what is that conversation? Like, hey, babe, I got an offer to be the spokesperson for IBS. And like, he probably just thought she said IBM or something like that's that's great. And, you know, then it's like, oh, 
irritable bowel syndrome. Oh, you're going to go public. Okay, great. You know, I assume, by the way, at a certain point, we're all going to grapple with IBS in our day. <laughs> I feel like Kyle's potentially grasping, grappling with it this episode. But do you know what I'm saying? This is my opening salvo to to the whole recap. It's kind of my some overall thoughts. And I want to be as kind, but I also want to give myself permission to be as silly as fuck and as dirty as fuck just by me saying the F word two times. So if there are any kids, we're probably going to make some sexy time jokes, some sexual jokies. Um, and uh, yeah, deal with it. <laughs> I wish, by the way, I'm going to bust out my blue bonnet now. I got to tell you, I, I wore this for the Salt Lake recap for some of it. And I, of course, worn it for many photos this week. And I even did a cameo with it on today. And I got to tell you, like, it is like a funny bit. And it's a funny joke because I bought this drunk on Thanksgiving. night. I mean, I tipsy, not drunk, but it was like a tipsy Thanksgiving night by which like if that's by the way, that's I said last week. It's like this is only 15 bucks. Like, this is not something I feel. It's not like I woke up and I was like, how did I spend $300 on Amazon last night? It was like 15 bucks. Like, this is great. This is a, a tipsy bargain on Amazon. But uh, I got to tell you, man, I I like how I look in this thing. Like, I don't even like, I don't even think that's a joke that I'm telling you. Like, I look at it and I'm like, it does in a way bring out the color of my beautiful blue eyes. Like, because it's a blue bonnet. And I just feel like, what does this mean? Does this mean I'm, I'm more fashion forward. Like I don't, and I, by the way, if I really started rocking bonnets, I know I would be like the, one of the first guys to do it. Like, right. Nobody's seen any of these dipshits like Harry Styles or Sean Mendez or Jay-Z, any of these guys, nobody's been rocking the bonnet. They've all been trying to do the skirt thing. Nobody's thought about the old chapeau, the old head. What if I'm the guy? What if I'm the guy? What if I go out, I'm going to go see the Beyonce movie on Saturday renaissance comes out tonight the renaissance the beyonce film i'm so excited i bought my tickets the like a month and a half ago when they first went on sale do you guys dare me to wear the bonnet to my amc movie theater i'm an amc stubs man i'm an amc stubs member i can wear whatever i want like i go up to get a refill and popcorn with my bonnet on because it would be a conversation piece i bet i bet you i would get so many compliments I don't know if I have the bravery to do that. Hats off to all the people who have bravery. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the uh, Rachel Levis thing. Oh, wait, wait, real quickly. So that night, I did a thing on Patreon today, but let me tell you some brief things about that variety party. Uh, I talked to producer Jeremiah from Vanderpump Rules. We talked a little bit about season 11. He's been with the show from the very beginning, and he's a great guy. I knew him uh, because of my buddy, Joe, who's been friends with him since like high school or college. Really nice guy. And uh, I've known him for a while now. And he knows what an obsessive Vanderpump Rules fan I am. But it was great to bump into him. And he's just like, because he knew me back when I was just a fucking fan. And I'm still a fangirl. Totally. Um, but uh, he was like, wow, you just like do this now. Like this is you kind of do this thing. And I was like, yeah, it kind of looks like it. It's weird, right? Uh, we were talking about season 11, uh, talking about lightning not hitting twice, you know? I also talked about the annoyance that we both have that people still think uh, this was scripted or fake. And uh, I, you know, it's one of those things that I can't really assure you of much in this world, but I can assure you of that, that this was not fake. Uh, but believe whatever you want to believe. That's that's your business. But we were talking about that. Uh, I talked about their panel that I got to watch at BravoCon that I loved. I wish it had gone on longer. He asked me if I had been in communication with Ariana and Tom. And I said, 
definitely with Ariana. And I said, I just haven't been able to get there with Tom yet. I just can't. I said, I was just, I'm still like, uh, I'm still like, you know, just with the lengths that he went to, but, uh, you know, we talked uh, about that and it was, it was great to bump into him. Uh, Taylor Hale from big brother, the winner last year who was on so bad. It's good. Uh, a while back we got to talk and she's just so nice and lovely and beautiful and funny and all of the things. And, uh, you know, Heather Gay was there. Tamara was there, both who unfollowed me in this last year and a half. So it was great to bump into them. I will say this was great. There were these three panels and Tamara was part of the last one about podcasting. And I just think it's such so funny because it was the last panel and everybody was eating dinner and talking over that panel in particular. And I even wanted to get up there and shout, you guys need to fucking start taking podcasting seriously. This shit is actually way more popular and influential than any of those people in that room give them credit for, uh, give us credit for. I'll even include myself in this. Uh, Heather McDonald was there last night and we were talking a bit. And I mean, you know, uh, I might have my differences in opinion with Tamara, but, you know, it is wildly successful. And I just feel like uh, Rachel Lindsay was on stage doing that. I love Rachel Lindsay. Uh, Whitney Port, who has a podcast, was on stage as well. And, um, but they were all talking about podcasting. I think the funny thing about Tamara though, Tam was talking about to the Twats pod and talking about, uh, what's her name? Uh, shit. I always forget this. Oh, Freddie Mellencamp. Uh, I guess she co-hosts the show with, uh, Tamara and she says, listen, you know, sometimes housewives get upset at me. Sometimes they do. You know, but because I'm friends with them, but I got to tell the truth. And also I got to give it up to Teddy Mellencamp. I do. She asked the tough questions. She does all this work. And I think she was expecting this big applause break. And it was like pretty much crickets. There was like some light applause as like Tamara seemed like to hold for like applause. And I think that was probably Kyle up front. I don't know. Cause Kyle was like right up front, you know, watching all of this because she was honored. Um, and then Tamara brought up Teddy one more time towards the end and it was like another silence. There wasn't a like, woo, I don't, I thought, I just thought, I don't know. That was just silly, funny to me. Um, what else, what else can I tell you? Oh, so Craig Conover, who, uh, who actually has blocked me and Paige were there. I said this on the Patreon. They are, I mean, they are a good looking couple in person. Like I'm used to seeing them on TV and in photos, but seeing them in person, I'm like, damn. And I gotta say, I think Craig is even better looking than Paige. Paige was actually pretty funny during her panel. I think she actually is. She does really well at those things because I don't, I don't think a lot of people are naturally funny. And I think she is a little bit or she knows how to sell a joke. And I think that's why she's good in talking heads. Um, but but they're just a good looking couple. But anyways, Kiki at the Talk of Shame, which go listen to her podcast on Betches as well. Pop Crime, which is excellent. Uh, they just had Emily D. Baker on, uh, who I love as well. But uh, she was like, let's go. Let's go get a picture with Craig. Let's go up and talk to Craig. And uh uh, you know, I don't think he really knows who I am. Thank God. And, uh, and anytime anybody asked that I, you know, I was like, Hey, what's, yeah, I do a show. I didn't like, what's it about? Ah, it's, you know, nature, you know, like, I don't know, nature and nurture. I don't know. Anyways, Craig was so nice, so charming and lovely. And I said, Hey, are you giving, uh, have you had to give Austin a lot of shit this year? And he goes, you know what? Earlier, uh, you know, during the season I did, but now he's actually pretty good. He's pretty good. He was really lovely. Um, and awesome. Uh, and the other thing was, and I will admit I do, uh, vape from time to time. And I went out to have uh, a couple vape pulls because, uh, it calms me down and <laughs> I was out there and I, uh, was Louie, Teresa's husband was smoking a cigarette 
And I said this as well on the Patreon, but I'll say it again, is that if I didn't know anything about Louis' past, I would think that this man was very charming. We had a very, uh, we had a, actually kind of a deeper conversation. He, he did ask what show I did. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's not a, you know, it's just, it's a show. It's a, it's a show. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, what do you do? Uh, he asked if this, if we were near Rodeo Drive and if this is where Pretty Woman took place. And I was like, yes. And then I was like, oh my God, you've got to talk to PK. Uh, we actually talked a little bit about family. I said, hey, do you like coming to these things or does it annoy you? And he said, no, it's great coming to this stuff because she's like honored and it's really nice. It's very different than filming where it's like fight, fight, fight. But like I said, if I didn't know anything about this, that was a very charming conversation to have. Um, but I do know a little bit about him, but I just wanted to share that with you. Um, what else? There was something else. Oh yeah. My highlight though, was meeting Christine from sister wives. I got to meet Christine from sister wives. Now I don't cover this on a weekly basis on the show. Sister wives, even though I do watch it weekly. Uh, if you listen to my Monday episode, sometimes I will go on a rant about Cody and she was the first person that I bumped into there. And I just had, I mean, we had like a 10 or 15 minute conversation and I just fully geeked out on her. And that's the fallacy of reality television too, is that I was like talking personal. I was like, Oh my God, Christine, what is going on with Cody? What is going on with these tendrils of hair? What is going on, Christine? And she was so nice. She was so uh, personal and answered every question. Cause I was like, okay, why do you guys never do reunions together? Because Cody refused to be in the same room with you guys. And she said, no, that's actually me. I don't want, she's like, I have worked so hard for my happiness and I do not want to destroy it by being in a room with him right now because he just will not listen. He will not accept it. He will not ever take any personal responsibility for this. And I was like, you're damn right. He won't Christine. And it drives me up a wall. It was really, I, I think that's the funny thing. It's like, she doesn't know who I am, but I think I know who she is and who I think she is. She really exhibited that in person for the small amount of time. And I did make a pitch for her to come on the show. Her TLC rep was there. TLC is really keeps these people under lock and key. And that's pretty wise in some ways, but I just think we would have the best conversation based on us talking the other night. So Christine or anybody at TLC, if you're listening, I told Christine she could have full edit control. Come on. Even though I don't think she would need it. I don't think she's trying to hide anything. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash Betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Betches. Um, I think that was it. And shout out to my friends at DirecTV. I got to see all them who I filmed with a couple years ago at BravoCon. It was so great. Alyssa, Suji, all of those people. Because uh, I got invited through Variety, not DirecTV, but it was great to see the people that I'd worked with and catch up with them. So all in all, just a lovely night. That's kind of the highlights. But I go a little bit uh, more in depth in the Patreon if that's your thing. Um, damn, I'm already 30 minutes into this. Sorry, guys. But sometimes you love the long pods. Uh, I keep getting those emails. Okay, the other thing is uh, Rachel Levis. Okay. Rachel Levis, it came out today that Rachel announces the artist formerly known as Raquel. She announces a new podcast with iHeart called Rachel Goes Rogue, which, by the way, you should have called it Redemption with Rachel or the Rachel Redemption or uh, Rebel Rachel or Ra- Rachel and the Lightning Bolt or Rachel and uh, what are the, the Starlights that you you could just I thought of so many better names. But Rachel goes rogue. I don't think she really goes rogue because she's not Sherry wasn't coming back to the show. Anyways, it's fine. And it's a pretty picture of her. I'm not loving the artwork if this is the key artwork, but then this is the audio I played at the beginning of the show. We'll play this again for you. I'm Rachel Levis. This might not be the return you were expecting, but this coming January, you'll hear my side of the story. You may just be surprised by what you find out. I hope. Okay. It cut off. Um, this may not be the story you wanted, uh, the return you wanted. I wanted her back. I mean, I kind of, if you're going to do the podcast, then why not just do the damn show at this point? I, okay. So let's do some pros and cons and I'm going to try. I want to be as open and nice and honest about this as possible. Uh, her voice is better in that, but it still is a little stilted and slow. And that worries me in any sort of podcast to kind of plod and this is this and I'm reading off this script very gently and hopefully if she continues on with that that will get better this podcast is produced by Bethany Frankel the old Frankel the old Frankel Nader has produced this podcast so Bethany Frankel uh becoming the Lou Perlman of podcasts So I don't understand, though. So Bethany says that Bravo shouldn't be making money off of Rachel's personal stories, but it's okay for the Frankelnator to make money off Raquel's or sorry, Rachel's personal trauma. Pick a lane, Bethany. What do do you want to be Andy Cohen or do you want to work a gilly? You want to be Andy Cohen. That's the fucking thing at the end of the day. That's it. Stop bullshitting. Stop. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. We're all bullshitters. But don't you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is, it cracks me up. So first off, some positive. So they're launching in January. I bet they will launch a week before or the week of the Vanderpump Rules premiere. What I'm hoping this is not is a recap podcast because we already know that Tom, I'm going to do, because Tom's recapping his season 11 of Vanderpump Rules. He said on the first episode of his podcast, everybody loved Tom, that he is going to recap season 11 on his Patreon because he knows that's like a way to potentially bring in money, dude. Which, by the way, are you ready for So Bad It's Good season 11 of Vanderpump Rules? Woo! I was looking at some of my Spotify uh, stats that they sent me for Spotify wrapped and 
those Vanderpump episodes did insanely well. And um, so I guess, but it's like going back to war, man. You're like, I'm like looking down the pike and I'm like, oh man, we're going, it feels just, it feels like we've never left. And now we're going like head back into a season. It's like, this is my second tour of Vietnam. I'm joking. I don't ever want to compare that to war, but you know, war in terms of reality shows. So Bethany is producing this. I hope it's on a recap pod uh, on Bethany's, you know, the three part podcast with 80 minutes of commercials that Bethany did with Rachel a couple months ago. She said that she would love to do a podcast about mental health. Amazing. (laughs) I mean, that is amazing. I made the argument that I don't know if she's the person to be doing that yet, if she's fully understood her own mental health to be able to make recommendations for others. But I will say as a positive thing, Rachel is the only person in this when it should have been Tom that actually removed themselves from the situation and actually got day-to-day mental health care. I think that is very brave. Whether I, uh, you know, I've always looked at this as two ways. I know Ariana a little bit, so I was personally fucking pissed at this girl away from the show because I had met her a couple of times. I thought, and I just thought this was extremely shitty to do. And on the show, um, and in the months afterwards, I've not, um, I've not come around on Rachel, but I'm definitely, I don't, I don't have the same intensity that I once did. And I do think the power vacuum between her and Tom, the onus was on Tom and Tom has kind of managed to like, just stay out there in the public eye where he's kind of worn people down where people are like, ah, he's still, he's buff. Wow. Can I say something without anybody getting mad? I would still hit that. (laughs) And, uh, I think he still got off relatively easy. I mean, he had to go to special forces for eight days. That was his punishment. And he, he unleashed his band on the world. I, that was our punishment. But um, I think that's the frustrating thing is that I, I do empathize with Rachel, but you're now what I thought was a smart move about not doing season 11. I just thought she was going to actually try to go out there maybe go back to school, get a normal life, a real life, something to hang your hat on for the rest of your life, because she is still so young that the world could still be her oyster, but now she's doing a podcast. Um, also, I don't want to sound like a bitter Betty, but if you have a voice, it doesn't mean you need a podcast. <laughs> it's like if, if you're actually able to communicate with your vocal cords, that doesn't mean you are the perfect candidate for a podcast. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I, I want to say that with peace and love as well, but what I mainly want to say to Rachel and Rachel, if you're listening or anybody at iHeart um, and or Franklinator, you have a real opportunity in here, you know, is that we are going to listen to this podcast at least one to two episodes. And whatever you do in those one to two episodes could really make or break that entire podcast. I even listened to the first two episodes of Everybody Loves Tom, and I covered it on the Patreon. I never, you know, I, I actually read uh, Vanderpod recaps. She's a great recap uh, on Instagram, and I, I just will read her recaps because I just, you know, it's just, I do this. I don't listen to really a lot of pop culture podcasts or really any, um, but uh, I listened to the first two, and then I was like, okay, I get it. And then I just read highlights because I just didn't find it that, you know, personally entertaining. But I will listen to that first episode and, you know, and I'll probably listen to the second episode. So you better make sure those are really good. And it worries me, though, that Bethany is producing because I thought Bethany really floundered on her interview because she tried to interject 
with her personal reality reckoning instead of actually listening to Rachel's story, instead of getting the details. How did it start? What was the conversation like? Day to day, how would you communicate? Um, you know, was there a time that you almost went to Ariana? Did you actually threaten Tom with going to Ariana? Like, what was it like filming? Was there anybody on the crew that you confided in? Who did you confide in? Because you haven't told us. You know, like, let us know these things. Those are the things that I actually wanted to know. And I think if she actually starts revealing the actual story to combat Tom's narrative that he's going to put out there on season 11 and thus far, I think it'll be really fascinating. But I just hope Bethany is not producing this where she's like, you guys say I'm Bravo fucking made you suck Tom's animals deep. Like, no. But we'll all listen to it at first. So if it's good... I just, I've, uh, it's, it's that thing I've always said, I've said for the last year, and I said it even before Scandal broke. Rachel is not an effective communicator. That doesn't mean she's an overall bad person from head to toe. It's just that some people, that's not their thing. It doesn't mean they don't feel deeply. It doesn't mean, it just means that some people aren't meant to talk. And when they talk, sometimes their thoughts aren't that clear. And unless that has completely changed with Rachel since this happened, and it could, that could be it. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, and when I say podcast, it'll probably be a video podcast as well, because that's like kind of where the industry is headed. So anyways, let me know what you guys think. Are you going to look forward to this? Oh my God. 40 minutes into this thing. Oh, I'm so stupid, Brian. Oh God. Oh my God, you guys, you know what? I would just, I sometimes get really into this and enjoy talking to you. And then I'm like, the time just flies. But damn it. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, let's get into this recap. <laughs> let's get into this recap. Uh, I want to thank, as always, Juliana Carroza, who takes my Beverly Hills notes, and she just does one of the most bang-up jobs, and this is such a difficult show to take notes on. So, Juliana, thank you, thank you, thank you. You kill it, as always. I've watched this episode a couple, three times now, and the third time I watched with her notes, and I make my own notes, and I've been percolating on this over the last day. So let's see what comes out of this. This is called Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Ring Around the Rumor, Season 13, Episode 6. And this is the summary. Kyle falls in love with a woman. No, wouldn't that be amazing if Peacock just blasted her out? Like, Kyle has a friendship, in quotes, with Morgan Wade. No, it says, Kyle seeks insight into Sutton's confusing behavior. Seeks. I didn't think Kyle sought insight. I thought Kyle, which, by the way, Kyle, for somebody that it wants empathy, loves to fucking make fun of anybody that's weird or that she considers weird. Dorit actually, Dorit and Kyle did actually decent Sutton imitations. I appreciate none of you guys stealing the I say, I say that I do, the Foghorn Leghorn version. Uh, but good. You know, I think I would still win the competition, but you guys are worthy opponents. Uh, the the description uh, moves on. Dorit pours out a strong Dorit pours out a strong opinion of her own. What words are we choosing for the description? Pours? <laughs> How poetic. Uh, Erica presses forward with reviving her public image. <laughs> presses. I I shall press forward. I'm Erica Jane. Garcelle is stunned when her son makes an admission about her divorce. Um, the admission was that Jax says he caused the divorce. No, no, no. He actually, remember, Jax is like the, a 15-year-old going on 43. You know, like he's a grown man now. He's like, I need no more mothering. So my new Jax imitation is going to be like, I'm a, I'm a grown man. My name is Jax Bouvet Nylon. 
Previously, uh, pre- previously on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we get a collection of scenes from the previous five episodes, and we have Erica and her mom from last week of like, you were supposed to wash the dishes. And the mom was like, well, no, I, I thought Belle would be coming. Mom, Belle comes once a week. And then you notice Erica last week with her mom, she would slip into another ass. She would like, that's all I can afford. That's all I can afford. I'm talking like, I'm, I'm talking Southern all of a sudden. Um, then we cut to Sutton talking to Garcelle from a scene and Sutton's like, I'll say, I'll say teenage boys, they're kind of assholes. They are. And Garcelle's like, I know. And I just feel like I failed. I feel like I failed. And Sutton's like, well, do you want me to kill one of them? I can get Santos to stomp them. My new horse, Santo. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. I get giggle fits when I talk about Santa. I've got a beautiful new horse, Santos, with these beautiful old horse eyes. These beautiful, beautiful blue horse eyes. And sometimes when Santos looks at me, I think there's a human in there. I love, I love me some Santos. Sorry, this isn't even funny. Erica, then we cut to a scene with Erica in Vegas where the elevator doors open and Erica's like, Hey, son, here's your chance to apologize to Magic Mike. And Kyle's like, Sorry, we didn't go to the second house. Uh, you know, Sutton wore her dick riding pants and none of you guys rode her. And Sutton's like, Y'all were amazing. Come on, y'all were amazing. Erica's like, This is your chance to apologize to my friend who said, uh, you was over the top and the show was shitty. I did not, Elka Jane. I did not say that show was shitty. In the Sprinter in Vegas, we cut to a scene where Dorit's like, Sutton, are you okay? And Sutton's like, well, I gotta say, Erica, to purposefully embarrass me, I say, I say, was kind of mean. And by the way, Erica and, and Kyle saying like, oh, there's no way this could have been planned. First off, bullshit. It totally could have been planned. And I'm sorry, when you have cameras and mics, I don't just don't think like just elevator doors are just randomly opening. But if they were, Erica did have a choice in that moment not to throw Sutton under the bus. And she did. So either way, Erica's a dick. And it's like, I don't see why people don't understand that. Uh, we cut to the scene from the first episode where Mauricio is commenting on uh, on uh, Kyle becoming the illustrated woman. Uh, she's like, how many tattoos do you have right now, Love Bean? And she's like, five. Love Bean, come on. That's enough, Love Bean, please. And Kyle whispers, you don't have a choice. And at this point, if we take what she said at that DirecTV event, she uh, they were already donezo, potentially. And then we had that scene from last week where Jennifer Tilly's like, she might, um, she might be going through something. And Sutton's like, in a talking head, she's like, I just feel like there's all these uh, numbers. It adds up. What it adds up to is something's wrong. And then Kyle, in a scene, is like, you have the habit of losing your shit in ridiculous circumstances. Name them. Not what? Name them. Well, name them. Well, be quiet. Name them. And Kyle yells, let me talk, Jesus. When she f- fucking Kyle, when she's all worked out and tatted up, she's like GTL, Jim Tan Laundry, yeah. By the way, we see Sutton's dog always in the corner, and I was wondering when Kyle yelled if the dog is just trained to attack. All of a sudden, goes for Kyle's jugular. Ah, let me go. Ah, stop. Let her go. Come on, doggy. Let Kyle's neck go. We have the taglines. We didn't get them last week. We get them this week. It was an extended episode. Uh, I still just want to point out Sutton's tagline. 
Who needs a knight in shining armor when you can have your own horse? <laughs> Her tagline involves Santos. Santos, do you know Mama? You're in Mama's tagline this year. Santos, do you know what a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills tagline is? It's kind of a little. It's a little sentence, if you will, like a thesis statement for your character for the season. And mine was you, Santos. A horse. And then also, Crystal's it says, they say, wisdom comes with age, but I'm proving otherwise. Now, I told you guys that I went over to Crystal's a couple weeks ago um, uh, and uh, had uh, a drink over there. And I met Rob, her husband. Fun fact, I just found out he directed The Lion King. Um, and uh, we were talking about the tagline. And Rob, this is how... Like I love, I loved Rob because you, you really got the sense that like Rob likes goes about his life. Cause Crystal was like explaining the tagline, how it was like, well, I thought it was really smart. Then people are saying it's like a cell phone saying, and, and he was like, huh? He was like, what's your tagline? He wasn't really aware. So then we were explaining it to him and he was like, oh, <laughs> and I thought that was just really interesting. At the end of the day, it's kind of just like, you know, still a show and like he cares about it, but I just thought that was fascinating. Um, the show begins uh, this, uh, this episode, Dorit is pulling into Kyle's driveway and Crystal is pulling up right behind her. And Dorit's like, you look cute. We're arriving at the same time. We're on the same sketch. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. And Dorit's like, you look like one of those ladies who lunch, Crystal. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we all look like people. We, yeah. What does that even mean? Anyways, Crystal laughs. She's wearing a washed out straight leg blue jeans, fresh white sneakers and a pastel Chanel crop jacket. <laughs> Thank you, Juliana. Like you're like, Ryan knew all that. No, I didn't. But I just, is that like a ladies who lunch outfit? Anyways, Crystal's like, well, you know what? I, I am a lady and I do, I guess, technically eat lunch. They enter Kyle's house and Kyle's like, what's going on, brothers? I'm just fucking jacked. I just got done with three hours of heavy lifting. I'm about to get a tattoo on my ass. Let's go. No, Kyle goes, hi, can I get you guys some tea? My whole kitchen is unorganized. I need to hire someone to help me get organized. Other things I can't deal with, mail. And we see a large pile of Kyle's unopened mail. And that's the real thing that is irking Mauricio. Remember, he's like, love bean. Come on, open the mail, love bean, please. Imagine like the fucking goodies in that mail. Like what? I mean, what? what's I mean, I just I get worried if this mail is not being open. Um, Kyle goes, I only like to open checks. I need to get a business manager. And Dreet's like, you should have. You should have a business manager. And Crystal's like, you don't have a business manager. And Ryan Bailey at home was like, you don't have a business manager. And Dreet's like, of course you do. And Kyle's like, no, if I did, I would be much better with my spending. Wait, I, I, I really find this completely hard to believe her sister's Kathy Hilton. She, I mean, there's no way that Kyle doesn't have a business manager. Are you out of your GD mind? Like, are we just, is it Mauricio's business manager? And you're just like under the same business manager. It, I don't feel this could be true. And, um, Dorit's like, no, a business manager does, manager does not help with spending. Dorit in a talking head goes, oh, business manager tells me stop shopping Dorit. I just don't listen. <laughs> or suddenly the line goes like she's acting like she's on the phone. What? It's a bad line. I can't hear you. I'll call you later. Beep boop, 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 boop. 
<laughs> and then I get robbed. I get robbed repeatedly. Dorit's like, what about last night, you guys? And Chris is like, okay, so, you know, you and Garcelle, because remember last week was the Black Girl Missing premiere party, and Garcelle and Dorit split off and had a conversation, and Kyle and Sutton split off and had a conversation, right? And uh, Chris was like, you know, you look like you were good when you came back. They flash back to that previous e- evening at Garcelle's screening. And we see a little bit of that scene where Garcelle to Dorit's like, I feel that when I share how I feel I was feeling in Vegas, you took it uh, as defensive and that uh, you weren't hearing me. I'm very sorry, Garcelle. And Dorit's like, last night, I thought, you know what? It's the right thing to do for me to apologize for making Garcelle feel bad about it. And Chris was like, it just takes time. That's all. And Kyle goes, can I ask your guys advice? Um, Because I do really care about Sutton. Bullshit. No, you don't. Like I have seen when she's been like a little off, you know, a couple times lately. And the other night at her house, she starts talking about when the elevator doors open. When we were leaving, she was like, that was planned. And I was like, that definitely didn't happen. And Dorit's like, it's impossible. Dorit, <laughs> you really think for, I mean, you could say a lot of shit, but you think it's impossible to plan them coming down at a time when they are headed at an elevator. Do you understand the concept of elevators? <laughs> like you're on the same elevator line, obviously. You're in a hotel suite and they are on the second. You think you're literally going to say it's impossible. I love how Dorit and Kyle protect each other. They have each other's back. But when it comes to people that they don't care for, they immediately just like all common sense goes out the window. It's impossible. I've never seen an elevator work like that. You've got to pre-scheduled elevators by days. You can't just immediately take an elevator. That's not how they work. That's literally how elevators work. Kyle sneers her face and goes, you know, Sutton's like, those elevator doors open. And they show the scenes three days earlier in Sutton's kitchen where she does look like possessed, like she's in like the movie Hereditary. Sutton dramatically is like, Cue the elevator doors. We go back to Kyle's kitchen and she's mocking Sutton to the ladies. So Kyle's flinging her hair and it's like, well, Sutton. Back in Sutton's kitchen that night, Sutton doing her best Gloria Swanson Sunset Boulevard. Well, now's your chance. And then they do side-by-side photos of Kyle and Sutton together and going, you can't apologize. Kyle loves a good, you know, friend. I put that in parentheses or quotes that she can make fun of. You know, Kyle and Kyle's pretty good, but Kyle gets glee in her eyes when she can do an imitation of one of her so-called friends. She loves it. And Kyle's like, I said, I didn't notice that. And then she said, and then we do the side by side again, defend your friend, Kyle. And Kyle's like, she was so aggressive. Every time I would say, I think she'd literally bite my head off in a different way than like, it was mean. And Dorit's like, I've been there. I have. She goes from zero to 60 really quick. She'd be like, and then Dorit's now doing an impression of Sutton. Oh my God, I mean my reputation and my morals. What do you mean? But it is funny, once again, how we have short-term memory. Um, You know, do you guys remember a character named fucking Lisa Rinna that would go zero to 60 all the time that you just let go zero to 60? Like, it it cracks me. It just really cracks me up. Anyways, Crystal laughs at this whole thing because Crystal's there and Crystal's buddies with Sutton. And Dreet's like, it's literally in the same sentence. And Kyle's like, what do you think it is? Well, Sutton is a drinker. 
likes to hit the sauce, hit the old bottle. But also, damn, Dorit. Damn. Damn. It's like, shit. Wow, Dorit. Like, we're throwing bombs all of a sudden. Crystal just kind of blinks her eyes like, oh, shit. And Dorit's like, I wouldn't be surprised if she pours a little vodka in in a coffee in the morning. That's really fucking harsh. And by the way, like I said, I don't know. I maybe wouldn't be surprised. But like, Dorit, that's like us going like, I wouldn't be surprised if you staged a burglary for insurance money. <laughs> you would probably be really harsh. It would be like a oh shit moment, right? Uh, Crystal and I talking head goes, okay, Dorit, says the woman that has the three carcass out cocktail that the entire world knows about. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Dorit kind of throw a couple back over the years. We've seen Kyle be wasted a lot. Crystal goes, everyone talks about her drinking and I'm terrible at sort of like gauging because she always seems sort of fine. And Kyle's like, she's also just used to it. Vodka like can make some people very mean and greet, you know, it's kind of like, yes, it can. It can. Which by the way, Kyle must be on vodka this episode because at multiple times, she's very, very mean. Uh, Crystal on the talking head goes, just because Kyle stopped drinking like yesterday doesn't mean that suddenly you can have all these judgments about someone who drinks like you just got sober. Damn. You know what? Crystal finally stepping up to the plate, coming correct, showing us what she's got, because that is a damn like, you know, I am. I think it's amazing that Kyle has this sober journey that she can now like it's over a year. I believe it wasn't at this point in the uh, the filming. But like, isn't one of the things is that everybody is on their own journey. And, uh, you know, I just find it funny that Kyle now knows all the ins and outs and when it's dangerous for somebody, when somebody's doing too much, I I just thought this was really so hypocritical in so many ways, especially her wanting us to appreciate this new lifestyle and journey for her. But part of her new lifestyle and journey is being actually doubling down on criticizing once again, in quotation marks, her friends. Um, also, uh, this was pointed out to me that Kyle, you know, we saw this on watch what happens live, uh, you know, when Freddie Mellencamp was on with Kyle was that Kyle obviously lets Freddie Mellencamp know all of these things. So Freddie puts out these little things on Twat's pod or, and, you know, and she'll put out that, well, I hear Sutton has a bottle of vodka in her purse. It's like, she's just kind of wrong, but Kyle tells her things, Dorit tells her things, and it's kind of like doing the dirty work. It's like Kyle's minions in a way. But Kyle, you know, I don't think Kyle is flat out evil at all. I I, I truly don't. But I do think Kyle uh, does, and she's been there for 13 seasons, kind of like knows how this shit runs. And uh, I do think that Freddie would only know this information if Kyle told her. And I think that's why this is really wild. Um, Crystal continues in a talk or Kyle goes like, if I would drink vodka, I don't drink vodka. I would fall asleep. Crystal continues in a talking head. Maybe Kyle's jealous that she can hold him down. (laughs) And Dreek goes, so what are you going to do now with her? And Kyle's like, I want to repair it, you know? She's worth it to make the effort. I do not believe Kyle's sentence. I don't believe that Kyle thinks Sutton is worth it at all. Uh, But Kyle should repair this. Isn't part of a new lifestyle mending things? Um, And also Sutton is Kathy's friend. And if Kyle is against Sutton, that would actually cause more friction with Kathy. Uh, Kyle goes, I have to do it when I'm very calm, 
Like I can. And Crystal like, is there an environment that you feel like she's calmer maybe in the day? And Kyle goes before 10 a.m. Because <laughs> now they're saying that's how early that Sutton drinks in the day. Shut up, dude. Sorry. I mean, like, uh, fuck before 10 a.m. Are you still in bed with Morgan at 10 a.m., Kyle? Like, just stop. Like, I mean, this is what I'm saying. That's like a fucking wild, wild ass supposition rumor. Come on. And Crystal literally goes, you guys are terrible. And Dorit and Kyle know what they're doing in this scene, too, because they know that Crystal has a relationship with Sutton. It's wild. So now it's the evening and the scene where with Sutton and Garcelle. We're at a place for Pally, a place called Pally House, which is right next to, I think, Barney's Beanery over on Santa Monica Boulevard. I've been there a couple of times. And Sutton's seated before Garcelle gets there. And uh, Sutton says, like, all kinds of bacon wrapped stuff on this menu. All kinds of bacon wrap. I wonder if Santos likes a good a good piece of bacon. I got to remember to feed Santos some bacon. Oh, my goodness. He would love this Pally House menu. Maybe someday me and Santos can go on a date here at Pally House and maybe throw a couple back at Bonnie's Beanery. I wonder if Santos is good at pool. Anyways, Garcelle's like, hi, how are you? Oh, hello, movie star. Well, this is cute. Well, can I get you something to drink other than uh, water? What are you going to have? I'll have tea. Well, can I? And then something like, can I also get a kettle one on the rocks? She exaggerates poking Garcelle. Because it's Friday, I say. I say. I didn't drink at your thing last night, by the way. Uh, so, uh, by the way, Garcelle. And Garcelle goes, you didn't? I drank way too much at my thing last night. And something like, you did? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I show up and everybody wants to get you a drink. Um, so, uh, what are we in the mood for to eat? And sounds like, well, the bacon wrapped asparagus. I just looked. That sounds mighty tasty. And Garcia's like, oh, that sounds good. Sun's in this like all brown leather outfit with these like black scene glasses. Very chic. Woohoo. Very chic. Garcelle in a talking head goes, I don't think Sutton's a vegetarian. I mean, she's eating bacon all the time now. We flash back to 2021 in Mexico where Crystal is talking about Sutton. Crystal's like, she's a vegetarian that eats bacon. And Sutton's like, I eat one piece of bacon a day on vacation. I say, I say, that's it. You know, I'm a vacation bacon eater. I say, I say. Sutton, by the way, gets her drink, and guess what? She pulls her little ocean spray ruby red grapefruit juice bottle out of her purse into her kettle one. Like, she genuinely does this. And um, I will say the most disturbing part of that for me is that she stirs her drink with a knife. And I don't know why. I was like, there wasn't a spoon? Like, even though I don't know why. I, I, I don't know. Like I got this, like, that knife, for some reason, I don't like stirring things with knives. Does that make any sense to you guys? And he goes, Garcelle goes, I couldn't have been happier about last night. First of all, the turnout, you had so many people there, Garcelle. I had over 100 people there. Uh, well, who were you surprised to see? And Sutton smiles like a big, she's like, um, Jerry O'Connell, I say, I say Jerry O'Connell. She is giddy. Um, she almost seems like, um, what's it? Oh, yes, like Kyle Richards when she's hanging out with Morgan Wade. Like, she's got a big old smile. And by the way, now Jerry O'Connell's my mortal enemy. The way he makes my beautiful Sutton Strack smile. I wish... I'm going to go to the plastic surgeon and see if I can look more like Jerry O'Connell. A chunkier Gary O'Connell. Anyways, Garcelle goes, he's so cute. Oh, and Sutton laughs like, he is so cute. 
damn. And Garcelle goes, so you saw Erica. How are you and Erica? And sounds like, um, I saw Erica for a brief second, but you know, do we have anything to talk about? I say, I say, well, that was wild that the elevator doors open and, and sounds like, well, you know, I said the same thing to Cal and Garcelle's like, and what'd she say? Well, she defended Erica. Oh, and you got upset about that. Well, I did get upset, Garcelle, because that's between me and Erica <laughs> and those elevators. And Garcelle's like, right. Well, it has nothing to do with Kyle and Sutton, right? I love when anybody describes themselves in the third person. That, you know, Sutton's like, well, that has nothing to do with Kyle and Sutton, you know. I Sutton thinks she feels like she needs to insert herself with old Sutton. And Garcelle's like, yeah. Well, she was a bit hurtful last night, I say, I say. We flash back to the previous evening at the moving screening when Sutton went and sat down next to Kyle. And Sutton's like, well, no, I think that sometimes you don't respect me enough, Kyle. Like, you treat me like the little sister. And Kyle's like, I definitely don't treat you like the little sister. Don't flatter yourself. I mean, she said that like a real asshole, like a real, like, you look older than me. You're definitely never a younger sister. And it's like, that's not what she meant, dork. She meant like how you treat her is how like an older sister treats a younger sister. But that was mean what you did. Like, it was mean how it came off. Sutton, and by the way, I've said this every episode. Yes, Sutton is a little kooky. Yes, we have known that from the very beginning. But she is fucking making some points. At the end of the day, at the end of these scenes, she's right. What is going on with you, Kyle? I mean, we we t- we want inside all of these ladies' stories. We want the truth. We talk about this every season with every character. Now, just because it's asked of, about Kyle, we're we're supposed to like say how how dare Sutton? She's a drunk. She's kooky. She's on the board of two ballet companies and a minor league baseball team. No, like she's making a point. Maybe it's not the package that everybody wants, but it is a making a actual point. So uh, Sutton, Sutton in this scene is like, well, what I said last night, there was a lot of times when you lose weight and exercise a lot. And Garcelle's like, drastic changes. Yeah, there's something else going going on in your life. And Garcelle's like, yes, it sounds like something uh, like you also potentially hit a nerve. Well, I did notice this sapphire and diamond. I say, I say, a sapphire and diamond ring that she's she's wearing now. Would you say a sapphic ring? No, uh, but also I do think that's amazing and just shows you how wealthy Sutton is because I don't notice jewelry. I barely notice clothes. I don't even wear underwear most of the time. And that's not like a preference thing. I just wear basketball shorts a lot. Uh, Garcelle goes, well, that's not her usual ring. Uh, she's like, no, Garcelle, it, it, it is not. It is brand new, I say, I say. We flash back to one month earlier with Kyle working out in her home gym, FaceTiming Sutton on the phone. And Sutton's like, wait a sec, do you get a new ring, Kyle? And Kyle's like, well, look at you, you little detective. This is a new ring. Uh-huh. You love sapphires. That's why. Well, I do love sapphires, and I I don't miss much. And I felt like that was a little bit of a warning shot, even though it didn't come off like that. But it's like, yeah, Sutton doesn't miss much. So come correct. Why am I saying come correct so much? Where did I see that recently? I've been saying it all week, and I don't know why. Um, but uh, in rewatching that, that was in a scene from earlier this season. But Kyle did like, I think Kyle was a little thrown that Sutton noticed that. I think that ring does mean something, right? It means something. 
Sutton nailed it. And I think that's another thing that pisses Kyle off because she thinks she's better than Sutton. So when Sutton actually does get something right and Sutton actually is pushing Kyle on what she does need to reveal because this show is all about revelations, it pisses her off because how dare it be? How dare it be Sutton? Um, so Garcelle in a talking head goes, I don't even know how Sutton even noticed that Kyle was wearing a different ring. I never pay attention to that. The only time I notice jewelry is after the, the only time I notice jewelry is after the robbery. Dorit still had hers. And then she takes a long sip from the straw in her glass and sets it down. Oh my God. Shady boots. She literally said the only time I noticed jewelry is after the robbery. Dorit still had hers. That's fucking wild. It does seem like Garcelle and Sutton are kind of like, fuck you to Dorit and Kyle a little bit of like, hey, everybody's got issues. Everybody's got weirdness in our lives. May I point out something that I found weird? Isn't it weird that Dorit had all of her jewelry still and they only took specific things? I don't even know what that means. I don't think necessarily, I still think that was a real robbery, but like, it is interesting that obviously these ladies still have questions about it. And damn, I would love to know Dorit's reaction after last night's episode. Uh, Garcelle goes, is that a makeup gift? And Sutton's like, Oh, now I look, I am talking about Kyle's ring. Like would that potentially be like, uh, uh, Mauricio did something wrong. So got her a new ring. And Garcelle goes, I know, but I'm saying, why would, why would that spark something if she has a new ring? And Sutton's like, well, in the tabloids, the old rags, the old gossip rags, Kyle and Mo are having problems in their marriage, I say, I say. Sudden in a talking head goes, the news is Mauricio may be having an affair. It's all over the internet, I say, I say. I have a zero interest in Kyle's marriage. I care about Kyle. Name him. They flash fan posts, uh, a tweet that says, I see a lot of Mo cheating comments, rumors. Remember the psychic Camille saying Mo would cheat on her. And then another one saying lonely soul, always in the gym for sympathy is Mauricio rumors. True. Um, and then a headline saying question, Kyle Richards and Mauricio Omansky marriage after real housewives of ultimate girls trip comment. And then we show Reddit. Now we're showing Reddit on fucking Beverly Hills. And the Reddit thread is like, I just noticed Kyle's dropped you from her initial. The left photo was of February 1st, 2021, and the right was January 21, 2023. The extreme body makeover, dropping you from her initials. Is something serious going on with her marriage? Finally, Reddit getting the credit it deserves. Sun's like, well, then she's got a new band, a new ring band. And we show side-by-side photos, one with her old wedding band and her giant diamond engagement ring, and another with sapphire and diamond eternity band only. The music, by the way, is very tense and like, it's like, Dun, 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 dun. It's like Terminator. It would be great if they played the Halloween theme, like but it's really intense music. Sutton in a talking head goes, well, I think that we are close enough that you would come to me, but it's, it's hard to be close to anyone. I say, I say, if you're feeling like they're hiding anything from you, Garcelle goes, I think if you guys are really going to have a friendship, you're going to, you got to just be honest. That's Kyle's thing. Just be honest. But Garcelle says it and clear the air. And she's got to do that with you too. And Sutton just shakes her head like what what have we gotten us what a tangled web we weave that's my uh alex murdah what a they said what a tangled web we weave anyways we're back from break a song plays i'ma be back they can't keep me down they can't keep me down no they can't keep me down baby 
and Erica drives up to a pretty nice house in a beautiful 2015 Toyota Corolla. I'm joking. And she had a really nice house and rings the doorbell. Wouldn't it be great if it's like, I'm selling Girl Scout cookies. Uh, we got these Nutter Butters and uh, we got these Samoas. Uh, any 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 money that you buy with these Girl Scout cookies goes immediately into my one-woman show, bending all on blonde. I'm Erica Jane. A house manager opens the door. I wonder if when a house manager opens a door somewhere, it's like, I used to have one of those. I used to have one. What are you? What I'll call you HM, house manager. Erica goes, hi, I'm here for Alexis. And she enters the house. She's like, uh, Alexis, I guess Erica's new manager is like, hey. And Erica's like, hi, Alexis. Your home is so beautiful. Just makes me feel good. I'm in here. Can I live here, please? <laughs> Can we date? <laughs> you know, in my past, I've been able to live at the people where I date. So if you never want to date me, Erica Jane, I'd love it. Alexis gives Erica a hug and says positive vibes. Oh, God. If my manager ever said, if I even had a manager and they said positive vibes, it'd be like, peace. Erica goes, Positive vibes. Yeah, you smell nice. Well, you look good, Erica. Pretty in pink. She's in this like pink number, like a t-shirt. I don't know. Anyways, she's like, what's going on? You look like Barbie. And Erica's like, oh, God. <laughs> no, she fucking looks like like a like a torn up Barbie. Like fucking. <sighs> Erica and a talking head goes, Alexis is a talent manager that has a background in publicity. Erica goes, I'm going to talk a little strategy today about going forward and what the possibilities are for Erica Jane. And uh, in a talking head, she goes, she's rejuvenated my team. I love Jack, but he and I decided to not work together anymore. They flash back to the 2022 episode. Remember, Jack was her publicist that we saw at the end of the season where Kyle's like, oh my God, and son's like, well, did either one of you leak that press about Kathy Hilton? And Kyle pointing to Erica goes, it was someone who works for you, Erica. And Erica goes, my publicist did that? Well, Nikki Hilton and I share a publicist, so I, I don't think that would be in his best interest. And then we have a flashback to Erica with Jack where Erica goes, Everything is not hunky-dory. And Jack just creepily smiled. Remember that guy? He obviously fucking leaked that thing. And uh, Erica, you know, Erica is that sniper from the side sometimes. Also, I want to say this. Erica looks shockingly thin in this episode and the talking head. So much so that I was like, did a big break in time happen between these two episodes? Because Erica looked noticeably thinner. So I guess the hormones are finally working shockingly well. Um, Erica in a talking head talks about Jack, her old publicist, goes, we're still friends. We're just not, not in business together. Jack's not in the Erica Jane business anymore. Alexis goes, we should just be realistic, right? We're at a very pivotal point because essentially you were on top of the world. <laughs> you had Broadway. Everything was going for you. You were fucking that older man and were living for free and got to spend a lot of money. They flash clips of the uh, girls in New York when Erica Jane was on Chicago. And then obviously you just completely got stopped in your tracks. Yeah, I did. Fuck those victims. We get a flashback to the fake tears and mascara when this all started with the mascara running down the face. Eric has never worn this heavy of mascara ever and just running them down the face. Erica Takagos 
being the possible target in a federal criminal investigation is like not cool. And you would be shocked at how quickly people turn on you. No, I wouldn't, because these are the type of people you surrounded yourself with that all fucking depended on you just for money, and that's why they hung out for you. So I would not be surprised. Alexis in this scene goes, it created a lot of uncertainty around your name, around your brand. And if I was viable, totally. To be perfectly honest, Alexis, and believe me, Tom's indictment has not helped. (laughs) Oh, really? It's helped in the sense that, okay, Erica didn't get indicted, which is what I'm trying to tell everybody anyway, but does that translate to anybody wanting to work with little Miss old Erica Jane? Did anybody want to work with Erica Jane? I mean, I'm asking this seriously. Was, I mean, was there a lot of artists that are like, I need, like, was, you know, Billy Joel was like, who I'd, you know, Stevie Nicks I tour with sometimes, but I would love to give Erica Jane a shot. Like, what does she necessarily mean? Because also, like I've said from the beginning, too, if you have money, anybody will work with you. Like you can pay a producer, you can pay a choreographer, you can like, what does that necessarily mean? Eric in a talking head goes, I'm coming off the worst years of my life. My reputation is in the toilet. Offers are not coming in. Defending myself has been very expensive. (laughs) I had to cut my community salary. He now makes two figures a year. Anyways, we see some TV show uh, Ace articles, Erica Jane, pure sociopath, going to hell. And then a screen rant says, Jennifer Lawrence calls Erica Jane evil. Erica, Nat- <laughs> I love Jennifer Lawrence. Erica Natakane goes, I've always had help and now I don't. I've always depended on the kindness of strangers. Alexis goes, oh, I think now the only way you actually rebuild is taking accountability for your part. Okay, okay, I got you. Okay, uh, I will tell you this, Alexis. I certainly have come back with a better sense of self. <laughs> oh, humble queen! I love that she was like, I love that she was like taking accountability for your part. She's like, oh, I've got one. Um, uh, I'm actually really, I've, I've even got a better sense of myself now. Like, how is that taking account? Like, it would be like, it was accountability would be like, I realize even though I didn't realize what was going on my heart goes out to those victims and we just need to make sure we make them whole in the best way and i was reading some of their stories and it was so just tragic and it just touched my heart i've been recently taught how to feel from my therapist and i I, i'm feeling different emotions like i never felt before these hormones are doing that number but instead she's like (laughs) she says that she's come back with a better sense of self and Alexis is like, it's a lesson. And Eric's like, yeah, because I had no choice but to face myself. And then we flash back to Dorit's Eagle Woman retreat. Oh, man. We started off the season with Eagle Woman. I am Eagle Woman. I fly over the hills of Malibu and teach women lessons and have them open up and be spiritual. I am the sisterhood of the traveling pants, Eagle Woman edition. Erica tearfully at that Eagle Woman retreat was like, I'd like to apologize. If I was rough, if I was vicious, I love you all, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's like almost like she can't get the words. She's like, oh, I can't hurt you. Apologize. Alexis goes, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine that you would want to perform again. And I was like, God damn you, Alexis, do not encourage this. Erica goes, I do. I want to be back on stage. I want to be making new music. 
I want to be entertaining again. Inter- again? Wait, did you entertain the first time? I want to have a relationship with an audience. I want to have the kind of relationship where they're rich and they take care of me and buy me things. That's the kind of relationship I want. And Alexis goes, well, I can make some calls and see, well, you know, if there's any interest or even if they'll just take a meeting. Right. And Alexis is like, you never know if you don't ask. It would be amazing if like, we got a meeting for you, Erica. And it's like a meeting to be like a ticket taker at AMC. Right. Uh, uh, it, well, it's kind of entertainment, I guess. I work around the movies and, uh, very exciting opportunities. Uh, I get half price tickets and I get large refills on any drink I buy. And I can take any of you ladies to see a movie. Uh, now it's another evening and we find Garcelle being driven in her car with her son, Jax, who's 15. Even though he's now told Garcelle that he needs no more mothering. He is a man now. And Garcelle, by the way, is Garcelle a smoker? She's always like kind of coughing and she has that deep voice and she has some like element where she does seem like she's potentially a cigarette smoker. Um, anyways, Jax, uh, she chokes on some water and Jax is like, you drink it too fast. That's my adult voice. Garcelle's like, I know. I wonder if it's a tonsil thing. Tonsil? What's a tonsil again? In your mouth, your tonsils. Well, there's a lot of things in your mouth. And Garcelle's like, oh, my God. <laughs> They're at a Japanese restaurant called Taisho. And Garcelle asks for a uh, a top for two. And Garcelle goes, everybody was watching us walk in. like." And Jax is like, yeah, I mean, you get that a lot when you're walking in. Yeah. Well, because you're important. <laughs> and Garcelle laughs. So are you, son. <laughs> yeah, I'm just your child who's a man now. And Garcelle goes, and you're important anyway. And Jax is like, oh, I'm blushing. Uh, they order shishito peppers. And Jax, this guy, this adult, orders an A5 Wagyu New York strip that retails for $68. So uh, if you're an adult, you can pay for your Wagyu yourself, Jax, if you don't need mothering no more. Garcelle laughs and goes, that's my kid at your age. I couldn't have a conversation like we, you know, we have with my mom and dad. And it was a different generation. We didn't talk like that. And Jax is like, yeah, that's fair enough. That is fair enough. And it's like, no, she wasn't asking for your opinion about it, Jack. She was telling you what a gift it is. Garcelle in a talking head goes, when you have twins, it's challenging parenting them separately because as they get older, their needs are different. You know, Jax wants more freedom. Jade doesn't care about freedom. And Jax wants to talk things through. So I'm learning to be a little more patient with Jax's conversations. I have to hear him out more. We see pictures of her sons at various ages in their life. And Garcelle goes, and if I'm going to be really honest, you said some things, Jax, that hurt me on the beach and uh you know we flash back to that scene where Jax is like i understand where you're coming from but what you want that you want to be more of a parent to us but i i needed that two years ago instead of now and in this scene garcelle's like you thought i should have kept the family together you know with dad and Jax is like i know damn well it was dad's fault i know he did stuff that he shouldn't have and i've known that ever since i was eight years old and garcelle goes why didn't you well i looked it up mom you looked it up I love when parents now these days are shocked about the internet. Like, wait, are you telling me everybody has access to this internet? This World Wide Web isn't just for 18 and older? What? We see an Inquisitor article where it says, when actress Garcelle Bouvet Nylon discovered her husband of nine years, Mike Nylon, had been carrying a long-term affair with another woman, she didn't keep the knowledge to herself. In an email entitled Tiger Woods, Jesse James, Mike Nylon, Bouvet Nylon eviscerated her husband and CC'd his colleagues at the Creative Arts Agency and Friends saying, 
What do they have in common? I found it today. My husband of almost nine years has been having an affair for five years with some slut in Chicago. I am devastated and I have been duped. Our boys don't deserve this. Indeed, Garcelle, in happier times, the actress had this to say about her relationship with Nylon. He's really loving. He loves me no matter what I look like. It's really important to find somebody that you love and to share your life with. And especially when there's kids involved, we don't take it lightly. The couple wed in 2021 and have set of twins, Jacks Joseph and Jade Thomas, and that's the end of the article. And Garcelle to Jax goes, well, why didn't you say something? Because I couldn't. Why? You knew when you were eight, you looked it up. I've known forever, Mom. I was curious. And Garcelle's like, wow. Garcelle in a talking head goes, I found out about Mike's infidelity, asking him if I could borrow his phone. And that's when I saw a text that said, I love you. And I thought it was from us. And then I looked again and saw that it was from a different number. And I kept on saying, tell me who is it? Tell me who is it? And he kept on saying, it's nobody. It's nobody. It's nobody. It's nothing. And I think it was Jax who was in the car. The boys were strapped in their car seats. And he said, tell mommy what? Because I kept on saying, tell me, tell me, tell me. And so that shut us both up. And Jackson, this scene goes, I'd never hold it against you anyway. I'm a grown man. I'd never hold it against dad, he says, even though I know it's his fault. And that's all I've ever known. I mean, that is kind of an adult way of looking at things is realizing your dad did cheat and uh, he is at fault and he's not going to hold it against him either. I think that is a grown up way of looking at things. But uh, it is funny that he's 15 years old. Garcelle and I talking to him goes, the whole thing about shielding them. So here, the whole thing is about shielding them. So hearing tonight that Jax has known all this time from when he was eight, I don't think I'll ever be okay with that. Jack says, almost half of marriages end in divorce, mom. It's not like I'm holding it against you. And Garcelle's like, huh, Jax, I don't know who you are. I swear to God, I don't. And she's like overcome with emotions. Garcelle and Atagane goes, when I, what I realize is that I need to see him for the smart, brilliant, outspoken asshole child that he is. No, just says outspoken child that he is. Garcelle at the table laughs and goes, I'm proud of you for being who you are because you're the one. You're, you're who you are, but you're also helping me grow. I love you, Jax. I love you too, mom. Like, I really love you. I love you too, mom. And then Garcelle to the server goes, uh, Jax is paying the bill. And Jax is like, no. And then they both laugh. We cut to a song that goes, you know, I'm worth the high. Oh, oh, come spend it all on me. Oh, oh, you know what you need. Oh, oh. And we're, oh my God, here it is. Here it is, folks. Are you ready for some football? Are you ready for a romantic relationship between a 28-year-old and a 55-year-old? Which, by the way, that age difference, right? We don't really talk enough about that. So uh, Kyle pulls up to a building that has some weird symbols, and it says gallery, and she goes inside. And uh, it's a tattoo place. And Kyle's like, oh, wow, this is pretty. Hey, Stefano, how you doing? And Stefano is the tattoo Artist is like, good. And Kyle's like, you got my tax, right? I have to work a little bit on the design together. Okay. And we're ready to... And Stefano's like, and we're ready to go. And Kyle's like, okay. I actually didn't say anything about coming here today. And Stefano's like, oh my God, is it, is it a secret? Am I in trouble? And Kyle's like, it's not a secret. I just didn't tell. <laughs> so what do we have here? I like Kyle having a secret tattoo guy. What else could possibly be secret? Um, Stefano is like, this is... <laughs> Stefano pulls up a tablet with a picture of an orb with a circle around it and two stars above it and two stars below it. 
<laughs> Stefano's like, this is the idea you sent me. <laughs> it's this, I don't know. Tattoos are really, they're going to be really interesting. I wish I was more into tattoos. I was, cause I've like really racked my brain of like what things would mean to me. Like, what did I get? Like a Bravo tattoo? Like I have one tattoo of my ex-wife's name on my right uh, shoulder and I probably should get that removed, but I just haven't. And I have two um, uh, Japanese symbols on my back that says risk and love. And I got that on my, my 25th birthday, but they're tiny. And I thought I was being all deep at 25. I was like, take risks and love. <laughs> so dumb. And then I was just like, what other tattoo am I going to get that I'm going to regret down the, you know. But I like that Kyle's is kind of basic. Like, let's get two stars with orbs. Yeah. Maybe a rainbow. Woo. Like, I don't know. But some people can really pull off tattoos. Um, but I think it's funny that Kyle, they're starting like really small. And by the end of the season, it's going to be fucking like Ben Affleck's Phoenix bat tattoo. It's going to take over <laughs> her whole back. It's going to be like the movie Memento, where like everything tells a story. You know, <laughs> like, It's, it's going to be amazing. Um, so Stefano is probably just like, what is going on here? I don't want to be a part of any of this. I feel like it is potentially Zigora get in trouble with Mauricio. Uh, so Kyle's like, Oh, I like that drawing. Um, so anyways, my friend Morgan, she's like, you overthink it too much. Cause Morgan is fucking tatted up from head to toe. In fact, Morgan's only 20, what? 25 or 28 in that range, like that kind of age range. Like, do you worry when you're that young and if you're liking getting tattoos that much that you are running out of canvas? Like, honestly, you do run out at a certain point unless you just gain more skin and maybe put it in the folds or something. But it's just, it's too, you know, it's a lot. She already has a lot. I mean, like, you've got a long life to live and you've already covered most of your body. Um, so, uh, I mean, this is wild. We finally get to meet Morgan. And at that moment, Morgan Wade, Kyle's friend, and it says Kyle's friend on the uh, the screen, she arrives and Kyle's like, she's got a lot of tattoos. Oh, here she comes. And Kyle stands to hug Morgan. And you guys, it is electric. She, uh, I haven't seen Kyle this happy since she threatened, <laughs> since she. <laughs> since she stole Kim's goddamn home. Like I have not seen her this excited in a long time. Now, you know, I, by the way, I want ever, I, I want Kyle to be, it's fun to see people giddy. It is funny though, to see Kyle over 13 seasons. So it is different. It is something that we all were like, Oh shit. Kyle's like happy, happy. Um, so, <laughs> So he's like, hey, I was just going over tattoos. This is Morgan. And Stefano's like, hello. And Morgan's like, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> Morgan's voice is what? I don't know, Kyle. Some call it a sling blade. I'm Billy Bo. <laughs> uh, somebody wrote me the other day or somebody tweeted or something said, um, wow, I thought. Morgan's voice was way more annoying than Ryan Bailey even did it as or something like that. It was saying that her voice was even weirder than the impression of Morgan Wade that I do. Anyways, Kyle goes, I was telling him that I overthink these things with tattoos and clearly you don't ever think you just, <laughs> even Stefano, you can tell is like, holy shit, get a room, please. This is crazy. And Morgan's like, no, mm -hmm. 
I'm all covered. I'm all covered up. And Kyle's like, yeah, can you imagine I show up my house with a throat tattoo? And the camera pans to Morgan's throat tattoo and Kyle laughs. Where are we going to put it? That's the other thing. I wonder if Kyle keeps getting more tattoos just to have like something in common with Morgan and be able to hang out with her more. Like, look, I'm doing it too, Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, baby. And uh, Morgan takes off her jacket and her arm, just a complete sleeve. And Morgan's like, well, that's on you, Kyle, where you want to put it. And Kyle goes, did I tell you that Mo asked me how many I had and he didn't know? And Morgan makes a weird like, uh, I don't know. I wonder if Kyle kind of throws Mo out a little bit just to make Morgan jealous. I don't know. I was just thinking about the dynamics here of like, uh, how well does Mo know Morgan at this point like where 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 are we here like what is going on so Morgan goes how how many you said you have five yeah I have five yeah and Morgan's like I got into a fight with someone on Instagram about you about me Something about tattoos and Kyle's trying to look like this. Uh, and I was like, who cares? I mean, they're going to assume you're having a midlife crisis or something with the extra tattoos. But it's fine. Assume. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> But she does say so. they're going to assume you're having a midlife crisis or something. But at the end of the day, she is having a midlife crisis or a midlife epiphany or what I mean, like, but it is something that is midlife. We're past midlife, potentially. Um, we're, we, you know, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but we, it is midlife. And you would consider it a crisis because so many changes are happening. And it could be crises, by the way, aren't all bad. It's just a lot of intense things happening at once. Anyways, Kyle's like, great. <laughs> Kyle goes, great, Morgan. Thanks. And Kyle like punches Morgan in the arm and Morgan like laughs. And like, you know, it's like that weird of like, I'm going to touch. I'm going to love tap you. And Morgan's like, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. It's like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. Oh my God. Will you check the box? If you like me, will you go to prom with me? Check box A. If you will not check box B. It's like, if there's something just childlike about this whole thing. And I don't mean, I mean, it's really cute. If you know, we didn't know she had a full on family cut. And by the way, she is like close to 30 years older than Morgan. Right. Kyle and I talking to goes, Morgan and I are very close friends. We talk every day. Yeah. Um, and Kyle goes, people are very confused by our relationship. And Stefano's like, how did you guys meet? How did you guys meet? You know? Yeah. And uh, Morgan's like, she stalked me. She stalked me. And Kyle's like, I did. I stalked her. I did. I heard Morgan's music. And I was like, oh, my God. Who is this girl with his voice in these lyrics? And I followed her. And they show Morgan Wade's album cover for her album, Reckless. And Morgan goes, my friend started freaking out because you shared it on your story. And Kyle's like, because I wanted to get your attention. And Morgan's like, oh my gosh, it's Kyle Richards. And Kyle's all like, he like so giggly. Hee-hee. Oh my God. He said my name. Hee-hee. Kyle and I talking to him, he goes, Morgan is 100% herself. No excuses. No apologies. And there was something very freeing about that to me. 
Also, the other thing I want to say, Morgan seems to be the more male type. I don't, maybe that's offensive to say. I don't, just has more masculine energy. Maybe that's the thing. You know, kind of seems like, you know, I'm with this goofy woman. She's all being all crazy. I'm kind of the Desi Arnaz and she's the Lucy character, you know? And I find that interesting because Mauricio kind of has Mauricio energy in a sense. Don't you think? Like, I just found that, I mean, there is similarities. I find it very interesting. It's just that Kyle's not giddy at all with Mauricio anymore. So uh, they flash a photo with Morgan sitting on Kyle's lap with her arm around her casually that Kyle posted on Instagram and a few others, two some photos in various locations. Kyle and Itagane goes, I'm someone who was always so worried about everything being together and perfect. And I honestly was just really taken by that. So this is a spiritual thing. Like this message that Morgan talks about really resonated with Kyle as she is, you know, getting alcohol, working out, all of these things are changing. This message that Morgan portrays as a 20 year old woman really spoke to Kyle and Kyle goes, let me see that space on your arm. And there is constant touching. Kyle's constantly touching, constantly touching. I told you that I'm having that THC CBD dinner at my house tomorrow night. And Morgan shakes her head. Yes. They flash back to one week earlier over at Kyle's house where Chris, the herbal chef goes, you know, people can enjoy this without feeling like they're, you know, doing drugs. They're just, they get a beautiful plate of food. And then if they don't want to participate, they're going to get an amazing culinary experience. That's me. Every time I go to in and out, I'm like, this is a beautiful plate of food. Kyle goes, I did end up going through with that. And Morgan goes, yep, it's weird kind of judgmental. That's why I was like, it seemed a little masculine energy of like, I don't approve, Kyle. And Kyle's like, what? I don't know. You said you didn't want edibles. I don't. You felt like your necklace was choking you. And and Kyle kind of laughs and all that. And I just thought there was Morgan, like Morgan's kind of also, you know, Kyle's like, oh my, oh my God, she listens. She remembers when I told her I was high and I felt like my necklace was choking me. So it's like, oh, wow, I'm being listened to. Very powerful if she feels like she wasn't being listened to in her marriage. Kyle goes, I did. I felt like it was choking me. But sometimes like in this group, they've been so pushy about it. Like, why aren't you drinking every time I see them? So I'm going to do heroin. No, she's like, now if I don't do the edibles, like, are they going to get annoyed with me? So what, Kyle? You're in your 50s. Grow a fucking backbone. Morgan goes, you shouldn't have to feel pressure to do something like that. I mean... When I got sober, I lost a lot of friends, you know? Um, yeah, but that's your story. I'm sure everybody's different, but I get it. You know, like, you know, it takes, you got to set yourself up for success, be around people that, you know, set you up for success. And Kyle goes, you did? Well, yeah, because you don't hang out with the same people. But, you know, you go and if you want to have some of that food and try it, then try it. But if you decide when you're there, hmm, I don't want to do this, then don't. And don't make a big deal about it. And Kyle's like, no, that's very good advice. That's true. Kyle on a talking head goes, Morgan has been sober for six years. It's nice to have friends that you have things in common with. Now, we like to work out. We don't like to drink. We like to eat pussy. We do. <laughs> But isn't it interesting that all the things Kyle likes to do are the same things Morgan likes to do? It's not like they met at a gym. Like, I just, who, like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did Kyle like to do these things first or did Morgan like to do these things? And, you know, that's what I'm saying. It reminds me of a high school relationship of like, 
Oh, you like that band? Um, I like that band too. That's my favorite band now. You know what I'm saying? When you were just trying to impress the person that you liked. And so you like totally assimilated your personality to their personality. And it just feels like a little bit of that. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's very, it just reminds me of that. Those like junior high, high school relationships of like, and also there's how many times did Kyle say, we, we like to do this. We do this. Anyways, Kyle's like, it's nice to surround yourself with like-minded people. And then Stefano is just literally like, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, I'm just here to do a tattoo. What the fuck? Kyle lays on the table and Kyle's like, Morgan, you have to hold my hand. Jesus God. I mean, this is what her fifth or sixth tattoo. Morgan wasn't there to hold her hand. I don't know. This is so weird. Kyle unzips her pants and you you immediately see full bush. I mean, just hair everything. <laughs> <laughs> me and morgan don't like to shave it's another thing that we like to do together grow out our pubis reach <laughs> ever since i met morgan she has the bravery to not shave and manicure down there like real women sisterhood of the traveling <laughs> anyway she's getting the orbital orbital tat on her abdomen so Stefano applies some antiseptic and she lays on the table and she covers her face with her arm and holds Morgan's hands with the other <laughs> and Morgan goes oh your hands are slimy <laughs> Kyle goes cause I'm struck you get me wet that's why I'm <laughs> she goes, because I'm stressed. Shut up. And Stefano's like, ready, Jesus Christ. And Kyle's like, I think so. Morgan stands back and crosses her arms and goes, you shouldn't be moving. Kyle makes dramatic, silent screaming face. Kyle's so dramatic. I want, I, dude, I feel like Kyle like withholds sometimes from Morgan and then it goes, I think there is like some real interesting mind games potentially happening here that I can't wait to dig in further in the season. I'm so fascinated by this relationship. And by the way, I really, this could not be, this might not be sexual at all yet or might not ever be sexual, but it is something, this is a fried green fucking tomatoes relationship. If you've seen that movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They are speaking a very beautiful language with each other. I'm not even joking. They obviously mean a lot to each other, but I will say I lost my literal shit during the scene. My head exploded. I did not. I mean, I've been no, I, I knew this was all coming up, but just to see it, I was like, whoa, zoiks. Kyle to Stefano was like, she's acting like she's trying to make me laugh. And then she said that you were drawing a penis there. And Stefano was like, maybe I do draw a penis. And then they laugh. And it's like, that's another thing. We hate penises, me and Morgan. Ha ha ha. Anyways, Morgan goes, spicy, spicy. And Kyle goes, I should have put a little pepper there. She wants a little pepper by her puss. So I think that's like a little like spicy puss kind of a comment there. That's the joke. And Morgan rolls her eyes and goes, that was, no one laughs at your jokes quite like you do. And you know, Kyle's all giggle girdies. And, like, <laughs> and she keeps reaching for Morgan. Keeps playing grab ass with her. And Morgan's like, you gotta be still. Don't be moving. And Kyle's like, I'm trying not to. Everyone's like, how are they friends? You taught me that I can't judge a book by the cover. And it's like amazing. A 28-year-old uh, Kyle Richards to not judge a book by the cover. But that's the kind of deep talking that I'm like, this is an intense relationship. I'm like, you know, you taught me to be myself, to not just 
you know, judge a book by it's like, these are some deep feelings. And uh, I wonder what Morgan Wade's mom thinks. Like, <laughs> what is this woman doing with my daughter? She's my age. This is crazy. Um, but does this mean that Morgan came on to Kyle and like said things like that to entice and persuade her of like, hey, Kyle, don't judge. I know I have a throat tattoo, but don't you love my voice? Don't look at all these tattoos. Don't judge a book by its color. That voice I do is wild. <laughs> it's a new, wow, a new voice for the repertoire. Um, but I think this is a really, really, really intense relationship. And I'm so curious of Mo Mauricio, even though I believe he has cheated multiple times in the past. I wonder what his real take on all of this is. And I wonder what it's like for their daughters to see this. Also, isn't like her oldest daughter, like 30, isn't Farah in her 30s? Like Morgan is younger than Farah. Think about that. Anyways, Stefano is like, check it, uh, check it out. And Morgan's like, nice and kyle's like cute does look cute it's so cute it's the cutest um (laughs) morgan goes do you want me to take a picture of it and morgan takes a close-up with her phone and kyle goes i'm gonna get a lightning bolt on my ear like you okay Uh uh-oh that's rachel and sandoval coded morgan laughs and kyle goes we need more rumors started (laughs) so that was fully flirting and now kyle has returned home from the tattoo parlor parlor sorry oh wait you know what there was a scene here not written in. Wait, is it? Well, I, am I misremembering? But there was. Oh wait, I saw a whole different. Wait, weird. I saw a whole different scene where. Oh no, that's later on in the episode. Sorry, I was thinking about when Kyle then tattoos Morgan. I was like, thought that was in this scene, but it's in a later scene, and they do a flashback. Sorry, you guys. Oh, it's all good. I thought I was having a stroke. No problem. Anyways. Now Kyle is all giddy, top of the world, and all of a sudden she has now returned home from the tattoo parlor with Morgan, and she's sneaking into the house quietly that she shares with her husband of 27 years. And she just seems like it's just a whole different vibe now. Like she was like, yeah, hi, Kyle. Now it's like, what's going What's going on? Kyle's like, hello. And Mo's in his office, and Kyle walks in, and Kyle's like, oh, hi. Hi, honey. How are you doing, love bean? Well, what are you doing? Oh, look at your book. Oh, wow. Because we promote Mauricio as a book. And Mo goes, I know. I'm super excited about this book. You know, and Kyle very loudly goes, the deal maker. And she's like, kind of sounds like not happy. And Mo goes, I just got it. I just got it in the mail. And both of them, they, they just keep showing these difficult looks on their faces. And it just is very interesting that they put these scenes back to back to kind of show the difference of happy Kyle, not happy Kyle. Kyle goes, I still have to read the whole thing. And Mo goes, you still haven't read the whole thing, Love Bean? No. Oh. I mean, these just came in. Well, I, I sent you the whole book. I don't like to read on the computer. I like to read on paper, on pages. Me and Morgan like to read hardcovers. <laughs> Kyle in a talking head goes, the producer goes, well, why haven't you read all of Mo's book? And Kyle goes, I'll get to it. If the book was on Morgan's pussy, you'd read it. hey Boom, boom, boom. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. I read that thing cover to cover, baby. Anyways, Morgan Mo goes, what's up, love bean? Nothing. What's going on? What time do we leave tomorrow? 
They're just wandering aimlessly around Mo's office. And Mo goes, oh, super early. I think I have like a 7.30 flight or something like that. Is that one of your bags you're taking? Yeah, I'm taking that to Florida. Looks like a body's in there. Yeah, it's Morgan's body. <laughs> no, it's a long body length object. It's probably like a golf thing. I don't know. Anyways, uh, Mo goes, well, it's, you know, they're golf clubs. And Kyle's like, I can actually fit in that. Don't get any ideas. And Mo goes, let's put you in it. He's kind of being flirty. And Kyle's like, not even. Kyle's like, no, I'm no, I'm good. Thanks. Well, you can actually fit in here quite perfectly. The old Kyle would have been like, let's try it. It'll be fun for the camera. Kyle goes, you may want to put me in there in a minute. Why? And uh, Kyle, th this is what I'm saying. Kyle is taunting Mauricio. That's why I do know that probably whatever happened in their relationship was already set in stone before they started filming this season. And now it's like all taunting Mauricio, kind of getting him back for whatever he potentially did. But it is very um, childlike. It's very, you know, it's very fudge college mom. You know, it's very Jack Barlow. It's like, ah, you may want to put me in there a minute. And Kyle goes, I, um, I got another tattoo. Honey, what are you doing? It's small. It's very small. Like your, like your dick. And Mo sits down and goes, ay, 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 okay. And Kyle's like, and I went with, 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 you know, I, I, I went with right here on my body because I figured not many people would see it. Um, and Mo goes, okay, so what did you do? Did you get my name? And she goes, no, no. She unzips her pants. Once again, the, the pubis region, the pubic hair just flies everywhere. And Mo goes, love bean. What are you doing? I did this right there. Oh, what is, what is that? A little planet. Saturn? With little stars. Yeah. Well, what does that symbolize? Great. That's a good question. Tattoos usually have a personal meaning. And Kyle Lazar goes, ha, I just thought it was cute. Ha, <laughs> I love Star Wars. And Mo just looks at it and frowns, you know, and Kyle's like, like, who's going to see this? Except unless I have a bathing suit, I can cover that also. And Mo goes, well, I hope I can get to see it. And Kyle's like, you're seeing it right now. I mean, like often. And Kyle's like, well, kind of like. You ain't getting near this puss ever again. This shit is taken for. The next tattoo says property of Morgan Wade. But this was a really very telling scene. Don't you guys think? So a song plays and it, the song is like, I said the boys like the girls in the sun. I said the boys like the girls in the sun. It's a beautiful sunny day. Things are bustling inside the Umansky household. Caterers are settering as cater caterers are setting up for Kyle's THC CBD dinner party from hell. We uh, see we're over at Sutton's and we see Zach Sutton's second assistant. It says Sutton's coming down the stairs. Um, son's like, well, I heard a knock at the door. Could that be Santos? Does he know where I live? I know I've got him over in that, uh, that horsey area, uh, far away, but maybe he knows where old Sutton is. Maybe he's knocking on the door right now. Avi, the first assistant or house manager, uh, goes to Sutton. She's like, you look beautiful. And Sutton gives a little pose and Avi's like, wow, the dress actually fits. And Sutton smirks and opens the door. And we have this matchmaker, which, holy shit, you guys, you think you think Morgan Wade's a character. This matchmaker, Alessandra, what the fuck was she auditioning for? I was like, oh, my God, is this like a young Carol Channing? You're like, yeah, <laughs> laughing at everything. So Alessandra's like, hey, Miss Sutton, how are you? You look so beautiful. And off in the other room, Avi says to the other assistant, oh, here she comes. She's very bubbly. 
And uh, Avi goes, can I take your jacket? And Alessandra's like, oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you. And Avi's like, of course, my pleasure. And Alessandra, seeing Waylon, Sutton's dog, in the kitchen behind the gate goes, hi, honey. Oh my God. Well, maybe he can help pick your match, Sutton. Oh my God. Sutton's sitting in her black velvet chair. She's like, I invited my friend Dorit to come. I say, I say, she thinks that she knows more than probably you and she's a free service. Oh, I mean, crazy. Why would you invite the friend that talks behind your back and does imitations and fakes uh, your relationship to I like I love like I wonder if it's just like the producers are like we need somebody else in this scene let's just put Dorit like well I don't know if I would I, I mean I would love Garcelle I say I say and they're like well you're in so many scenes with Garcelle we need you to be in scenes with other people um but Alessandra hears this story uh, about Dorit coming and she's like oh my god it's amazing that's amazing. Sutton goes, well, she thinks she's got all figured out why no one wants to date little old Sutton, right? <laughs> and Alessandra's like, oh my God, amazing. We get a flashback to two weeks earlier and Dorit's like, it's a really great date and you kissed and then what happened? And Sutton's like, well, maybe I invited him to come to the AVT gala, which was black tie, I say, I say, and it was in New York. And then I really didn't hear from him again. And Dorit's like, honey, he was a good kiss, but then you didn't follow up with, can you, but then you don't follow up with, can you please fly across the coast? Beeble bobby, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. By the way, that Erica Jane, that's her love language. Fly across the coast. She'd be like, I'm falling in. This punch is yours. Sutton smiles and shrugs back. Dorit now enters the house in this scene, dressed like she just played, uh, you know, a full, uh, she just like burglarized herself. She's all in black. Head to toe with a hood. It must have been raining. She looks kind of like the Emperor from Star Wars, the evil Emperor, just all in black. And Dreet's like, hi, Avi. And Avi's like, would you like to knock? And Dreet's like, no, I just want to come in. <laughs> and Sutton's like, oh, there she is. There's Dorit. And Sutton in the talking head goes, Dorit is the perfect person to help me pick my date. Because if Dorit fell in love with PK, maybe I need to not be so picky. <laughs> And she didn't actually laugh like I just did, but damn, there. this is the thing. There's like kooky comment, snarky, obviously, but true, right? True. I do believe Dorit madly loves PK, but um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, 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 it you know, yeah, you guys know. Anyways, I just thought that was a funny comment. Alessandra laughing like, so what I'm going to do is I have selected three bachelors and I want Sutton to pick one. <laughs> okay. And Sutton's like, she's already analyzed me, Dorit. And Dorit's like, okay, I really want to hear what your take on her is. Which Dorit, that's like really saying like, do you think she's as crazy as I do? And Alessandra's like, absolutely. So with Sutton, we did a lot of like looking under the hood of the car, figuring out why. And Sutton's like, I'm not a car. I'm not a car. Why you call me a car? I'm a horse like Santos. But anyways, Alessandra, uh, after Sutton says I'm not a car, goes, oh my God, you are not a car. That's amazing. And Dorit's like, okay, so it's just a metaphor. So don't worry, Sutton. And Alessandra's like, it's a metaphor. Yes. 
and so go on. And Alessandra's like, she was very resistant. But then we had so many aha moments. What I heard was that she was not looking for a billionaire. <laughs> and so like, well, excuse me, I didn't say that. And Alessandra's like, oh my God, you didn't say that. Dreet's like, she wouldn't turn it down. And sounds like, exactly right. I wouldn't turn down no billionaire. And Alessandra's like, but I do. You, I feel like Sutton is very self-aware. And she makes this like snapping head motion. This Alessandra's kooky. And Dreet again acts surprised and goes, wow, do you? Like, I, that was so mean. And Alessandra says Sutton's self-aware. And Dreet's like, is she? And Alessandra just keeps going, <laughs> I'm going to just keep laughing at everything in this scene. Dorit goes, because I would say that her biggest downfall is that she's not self-aware and she's a full-blown alcoholic. No, <laughs> Some people use words like erratic. She can get very aggressive and snippy. And then even if you're trying to comfort her, beep, boop, 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 or you know, in that moment, I don't think she's self-aware. If I was Sutton, I'd be like, get the fuck out of my house. I'm fucking suing you. I'm going to get my whole Santos to stomp all over you. How da- like, how dare you come into my house and say any of that shit? Anyway, Sutton's like, well, this is so fun. Sutton and the talking head goes, Dorit, I've changed my mind. I'm going to be real snippy and ask you to leave. And Dorit in this scene goes, you need to give them the benefit of the doubt. And you need to just relax. Be yourself. Just remember also that confidence is very sexy. That's how I got PK. He looks like a giant thumb, but he had a lot of confidence. Way too much. Avi is now delivering tea and crumpets and Sutton's like, but I'm very confident. Dorit's like, I know. And that's what I want to reiterate to you. Hoo-hoo. And uh, Dreed's like, you're an angel, Avi. Thank you for the tea and crumpets. And Alessandra's like, are we ready? Okay. So the first bachelor is Bachelor S. Okay. And Alessandra shows Dreed and Sutton photos on her computer, not to us. And Alessandra like, he loves kids. He loves to travel. And Dreed's like, oh, my God. Sutton, because Sutton's touching the screen. She's zooming in on his privates. I love that. Uh, I love that Sutton's potentially a size queen. Well, I got, she better be girthy. I like a big uncut gentleman. I like it the girth of like a, a Diet Coke can. It's really big and thick. You know, length, I don't I don't care, no, but it's got to be thick. I like it thick down there. You know, I want a big old John Ham hog. You know, do we got any pictures of these men in gray sweatpants where you can see the outline of their their, their special private parts that God gave them? I say, I say, son, I need, I need a bit of girth down there. You know what I'm saying? And now we go to Bachelor N. And uh, there's three photos of him in a dark outfit that are blurred out. It says occupation CEO, age in his 60s, height 5'10", religion spiritual. And Alessandra's like, he is the CEO of an entertainment firm. It turns out this is Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, he's in jail. Uh, but Sutton's like, well, I can do visits. I wonder if they got conjugal visits. <laughs> no, anyway, Sutton's like, oh, God. And Alessandra's like, he does entertainment coordination. <laughs> and Sutton's like, I'm swapping left, I say, I say. And Alessandra's like, why are you swiping left, Sutton? He's fabulous. And Sutton's like, oh, I'll tell you. One, I don't like the black shirt with the black tuxedo. I say, I say, I'm out. Which, by the way, Dorit is sitting right next to Sutton right now in an all-black outfit. When I, she's like, I don't like that black shirt with that black tuxedo. Ooh, gross. Dorit in the talking head mocks, oh, no, black shirt with black tie and a black jacket. Oh, my God, the worst thing ever. Hello, it's called going for the monochromatic look. Beep, boop, 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 boop. 
And all of a sudden, it's like, what if somebody judged you on everything you wore on a first date in Dreed House? And they show the date from 2022 when Sutton whips off her coat, exposing her cat sweater of like, sorry, I'm so late. I'm in my pussy shirt, my pussy sweater. Dorit and the talking head's like, I'm not sure Sutton should be judging someone on their fashion choices. That's like the pot calling the kettle black. And Alessandra's like, okay, final bachelor, bachelor R, chairman and director, age 60, 6'3", race Catholic, now spiritual. He's wearing a white shirt and a red tie and a black suit and a white shirt and a black tie and a black tux on a red carpet. And Sutton reads, well, what does it say? Okay, to relax, he enjoys cooking healthy, plant-based meals and watching classic movies, I'll say, I'll say. And Dorit reads, okay. You can also find him relaxing indoors with a good bottle of wine. And Sutton's like, well, I hate wine. I, you know, we know Sutton likes her vodka. And uh, Dorit's like, they need to say with a good bottle or two of vodka. And Alessandra's like, noted, noted. Well, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill Dorit. She wants to die today. She wants to die today. And Alessandra's like, oh, okay, let's all pick our first pick, okay? Well, I'm going to let Dorit choose. And she hides her head in her hand so she can't see Dorit. And Alessandra goes, Dorit, go for it first. And then Sutton, you'll say you're number one. Dorit's like, number one. We catch a quick glimpse of Bachelor S. Bachelor S, who looks handsome and is the first Bachelor they viewed. He's wearing a bright blue button-up with a charcoal jacket, no tie. Sutton holds up one finger for number one. And Alessandra's like, I'm so excited for you, Sutton. I think it'll be wonderful. Just remember, out of your head, into your body, when you first meet them, if you could give them a hug, that would be so beautiful. And Dorit's like, if when you first meet them, if you could give them a hug. And Sutton gives a demon look and goes, I'm not hugging him. I might give him a handy, but I ain't hugging. Um, What happened to Patty Sanger wasn't available for this? Is Bravo not working with Patty Stanger at all anymore? Like, I feel like this would have been right up her wheelhouse. Um, so night has fallen now. And Morgan Wade, Kyle's special friend, is calling her on FaceTime. Morgan's like, hey. And Kyle's like, hey, how's your tattoo doing? And Morgan covers her face with her blanket being shy. And Kyle's with her glam squad. The Kyle's glam squad must be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, when is it? we've not seen this in years. And Kyle's like, you guys have no idea what I did. And Morgan shows her left arm with the tattoo sleeve. And in the center of all the designs is a cursive K. K for Kyle. And Kyle laughs and goes, look what I did yesterday to her arm. And the glam's like, oh my God, girl, are you still paying us? And Kyle laughs, that's my side gig. What can I say? We flash back to unseen footage from the tat gallery the day before. And Morgan's like, I will let you tattoo me. And Kyle's like, what do you want me to do? And Morgan laughs. Like, what if I surprised you? Yeah, put a penis on her. And Morgan's like, that's fine. And Kyle laughs. <laughs> and Kyle's like, where am I going to go? And Morgan stands up and pretends to pull down her pants. Dude, just fuck already. My God. And Morgan's like, you can't do my leg because my jeans are too tight. And Kyle looks at her left arm and points. Well, how about I do a circle? And Morgan's like, that's a pretty big circle. Moments later, they're showing Stefano handling Kyle, the handing Kyle the tattoo drill tool, like the, the professional place is just letting Kyle handle a tat, tat gun. And Kyle's like, is that too slow when I do it like this? This is fully erotic. 
And Morgan is looking away in pain and fear. And Kyle's laughing like a little schoolgirl covering her face. Just a big old giggle gertie. And Stefano continues instructing Kyle. He's like, perfect. Okay. And Kyle's like, okay, you can look now. And Morgan sees it. And she's like, you know what? No one else can say they've been tattooed by Kyle Richards. And Kyle's like, well, there you go. Um, Kyle has not, I don't believe, gotten an M uh, for Morgan, but, you know, we'll find out. Um, Mo asked Kyle if she got his name on her when she showed him her tat. She said no. She showed him the tat of the planet. But, you know, this is what I said earlier. Does Mo know what's Mo's knowledge of Morgan Wade and their relationship? Like, when did he realize it was a little more serious than normal? Like, these are the conversations that I don't think we will ever be a part of. But it is just something I'm so curious about. And um, I think, obviously, sexuality is a spectrum. I uh, I think, you know, love is love. Uh, I'm really interested in this. Anyways, Kyle's like, you've got so many things on here. You've got a trout and a roll of toilet paper. I can't think of one thing you actually don't have on you, Morgan. What's one little extra thing? And uh, Morgan's listening because Kyle's just babbling. She's nervous. And Morgan's like, this is true. It's the only thing you can draw. And Kyle asks, huh? It's the only thing I can draw. And then Morgan's like, your hair looks nice. Oh, thanks. This does look good. Very curly. Very curly. Holy shit, I just saw what time it is. Oh my God, I'm sitting here like it's 3.30 in the afternoon. Okay, it's have a good show tonight. And she's laughing throughout this whole thing. <laughs> Giggle Gertie. And Morgan's like, okay, bye. I'm going to go rub one out by the thought of you. And Kyle's like, bye. Now we're popping over to Crystal's house to check on her progress. She's with her daughter, Zoe 8, on her lap while getting her makeup and hair done. Then Garcelle is glamming it up at her house. This is that round robin scene that we get usually in every episode with the housewives. And uh, Garcelle is making fun of Dorit's glam shot of looking in the mirror. It's like, who do I look like right now? That one famous photo of Dorit with her hands on the glass looking out the window. Over at Kyle's, she's getting ready for the event, turning the gas fireplaces on, putting the finishing touches on the house before the guests arrive. Chris, the herbal chef, is in her kitchen preparing the meal. They're having herb butter blocks on top of their salmon. He asks his sous chef, did you guys add the butter to the basil pesto? That's for the tempura. And Kyle's like, hi, how are you? Is everything going good? Okay. And the sous chef asks about the seating chart and Kyle's like, well, yeah, let me see if I remember how I did this. Kyle and I talking to goes, the ladies have been giving me such a hard time about not drinking. I'm feeling a little peer pressure if I'm to be honest. So here are my options in life. I can either drink, drink margaritas, do the splits, say something that I regret, wake up with a headache, or I can smoke weed or eat weed and shut them all up. Kyle, if you're feeling this sort of pressure, just don't do any of it. Like, come on, girl. Kyle walks around the table, seating name tags by the plates and we first to arrive is Kyle's friend, Faye Resnick and Justin. Justin uh, was there last night uh, at that uh, event. Uh, he hosts uh, that E Daily Pop, right? He hosts the E E News. But I didn't realize he started off as Kyle's assistant and is one of Kyle's great friends. And uh, Justin's like, we don't have to knock. We're family at this point. And Faye's like, we don't have to knock at this point. Faye saddles up to the bar and orders a Chardonnay. And Justin's like, when white ladies have the Chardonnay, that's when I'm most scared of them. That's actually a fair sentiment. Kyle comes out and greets her guests as she gets herself a non-alcoholic beer. And all of a sudden we get our new housewife. Only six episodes into the season, Miss Anne Marie Wiley comes bounding in. Okay, this is officially getting into Vanderpump Rules recap territory where 
We're now getting past the two-hour mark. This is ridiculous. And I should be breaking these up into like two episodes instead of just because that's just this is idiotic of me. My throat hurts. Bitch and moan, bitch and moan. Okay, so Anne Marie Wiley walks in. She's like, hey, and Kyle's like, gorgeous. And Anne Marie's like, oh my God, this is so beautiful, Kyle. She's like this really kind of buff pretty African-American woman. Uh, and Kyle's like, you look gorgeous. And Kyle introduces her to the others. And Amory's like, I feel like I know you to Justin's like, I feel the same girl. And Amory's like, I'm a hugger. I hug everybody. That's the worst possible thing. The three words in the English language is I'm a hugger. Like I'm not a hugger. I get <laughs> I don't, I, I shy away from physical touch. I don't even like touching myself uh, unless I'm tipsy. You know what I'm talking about? Um, but Kyle's like, um, what sign, what sign are you again? And Amory's like, I'm in Aries. Oh, what day? And Amory's like, April 17th. And Kyle, like, ah, my mom's birthday. Oh my God. By the way, it's a big, it's like, oh my God, that just freaks me out. You remind me of my mom. Her mom's big Kathy, man. That's not necessarily an amazing thing. Kyle goes, wait, that's just, and she feels her pulse on her wrist. Holy Toledo. So I do know what I, what, what that tells me about you. And Amory's like, what? You have a very fiery side. And so Kyle's probably already putting together how she can manipulate Amory to going against Sutton. Amory's like, I mean, talk to Marcellus, my husband about that. And everybody laughs. Uh, Kyle in a talking head goes, Anne-Marie Wiles and Wiley's a new friend of mine. She's married to Marsalis Wiley, who's an ex-NFL football player who had a lot of accusations brought against him a couple weeks ago. Read about that, you guys. We met when they came to our home for an agency party. She was beautiful and really nice, and I found that they actually live on my street. Kyle on the scene goes, how often do you work out? And Amory's like, six or seven days a week. She's really buff, you guys. Kyle's like, thank you. Get so she's like, I'm not crazy that I work out all the time. Me and Morgan love it. Can you say that later? Because um, Sutton made a comment about me working out too much and people were talking. And Faye, being, you know, faithful friend, shakes her head and like, how dare Sutton say that? That son of a bitch. And, uh, you know, sets Sutton up already for like a you know, a tense scene. Now, Cynthia Bailey walks in with Sutton. Oh my God. Cynthia Bailey walks in and, uh, Faye goes, I think it's hilarious that the person who actually is being healthy is the one being attacked. That's a good friend, but come on, Faye, you know, there's more, there's more going on here. You know, you know, anyways, everyone looks up in surprise as Sutton and Cynthia enter the room and Kyle's like, hi ladies. And Sutton's like, well, why is it so quiet in here? And Cynthia Bailey's like, what did we walk in on? And Sutton to Amory's like, ha. And Amory's like, I'm going to give you a hug. And Sutton's like, whoa, okay. It's it's nice to meet you. And Kyle's like, we have a hugger and a non-hugger. And Sutton's like, I'm a hugger now, Kyle. I've changed my evil ways. I'm now a hugger. Sutton has taught me to hug again. Sutton, Sutton's a huge hugger. Sometimes we'll just cuddle up on a big haystack and we'll just hug each other. I'll look into his big Horsey eyes, I say, I say. I just I see my future in Santos' eyes. Also, Kyle didn't hug Sutton or Sutton hug Kyle. But also, Kyle, that's just so negative to Sutton, too, to set somebody up of like a hugger and a non-hugger when you're just first meeting somebody. Sutton in a talking head goes, Anna, Anna Marie, she walks in in this black dress. That's all tool, which I'm told is a ballerina tutu material. And I'm thinking, I've seen this dress before. You know, it, it was when Erica was playing Bobby, you know. 
And then Sutton goes, are they still making that dress? Oh, jeez. We get a flashback to Erica dressing that same exact but in Barbie pink. Now, Erica arrives next in a deep pink dress. Sutton to the bartender's like, well, now, is there is there weed in this drink? We can't do weed in the drink and the food. I say, I say, Erica to Sutton's like, hey, man, how are you? I like this outfit. This is pretty. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Who makes this? Is it vintage? And Sutton's like, well, this is Gucci. You have, I don't know if you know how to say that anymore now that you can't afford it. And um, Kyle whispers to Anne-Marie, this is the one that says I work out too much. And Anne-Marie's like, girl. And Crystal and her friend Nancy come in. And Anne-Marie grabs Crystal and goes, oh, my God, hi. Crystal and I talking to her goes, I don't know Anne-Marie well, but we have mutual friends. I'll say, man, she talks a lot. She asks a lot of questions. That bitch is nosy. <laughs> Crystal kind of subtly killing it this episode. Dorit is the next to arrive, then Garcelle. Great. Kyle greets each one of them. Kyle to Justin says, Camille, Camille, grammar is coming, and Denise Richards. And Justin, highly exaggerating, goes, what? Camille and Denise? Then Kyle repeats that to Faye. Camille and Denise are coming. And Faye's like, this is going to be so much fun. And they all three laugh, Kyle the loudest. And Kyle's like, all we need is a little electronic cigarette and we're done. And we get a flashback to the iconic scene from 2010 where Kyle goes, if my husband ever leaves me, I'm going with him. And Allison Dubois, the psychic, goes, he will never emotionally fulfill you, ever. As soon as the kids are bigger, you'll have nothing in common. And she blows out the electronic smoke. Alison Dubois, really, you know, a trailblazer for the world of vaping. Vaping before it was, uh, uh, you know, it was it was chic. Chic! And Alison Dubois is like, know that. And Kyle and Justin and Faye take turns saying, know that. They love it, even though... Alison Dubois, I mean, they're all laughing, but it's like kind of true now. So I don't know what the joke is. And they're all like, that was bad. That was bad. Oh, Camille and Denise, obviously Kyle's not extending this invitation. I think these things are suggested by producers, obviously. Denise showed up last week, just, you know, surprised. So maybe that got her in the invite. Camille, I think, is always looking to do a pop in. And that's how this works. And also, I think they do these things because they really didn't know what the reaction of Lisa Rinna not being there would be. So you want to stack the, you you, you know, you want to set yourself up for success. It's why I believe they brought Mary Cosby back to Salt Lake when uh, Jen Shaw went to prison, that kind of thing. So the last car arrives inside is Camille and Denise and the anxiety is high. And Denise is like, fuck. And Camille is psyching up. She's like, don't worry. We'll have fun. We'll have fun. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. And they get out of the car. Denise seems a little loose. She's like, I'm a little nervous. Are you? And Camille's like, yes, well. And Denise's like, should we just go to In-N-Out Burger and go home? And they laugh. But Denise seems loose. And they enter the house. And Camille's like, these bitches. Here we go. And Denise is like, hi, girly. And son's like, well, there's Denise and Camille. And Camille to herself goes, okay, awkward. And then Garcelle sees him and goes, oh. And Denise is like, what's, oh. And has a real shaky voice when she says, oh. Garcelle and I talking to her goes, although you can call me somewhat of a newbie, even I know what went on between Faye Resnick and Camille. We get flashback to that dinner from hell in 2010 when Camille and I talking head from then, uh, talking head from that 2010 dinner goes, I recognize during the dinner, it was the hair. And then I realized, oh my God, that's who it is. It's Faye Resnick, the morally corrupt Faye Resnick. 
<laughs> the morally, just the way, I mean, that was really such a genius because it's like, who speaks that way? But the world is so weird that people do speak that way. So it's just an iconic line. Garcelle continues in a talking head. Those two do not like each other. I even know that. Anne Marie, the new lady, is laughing. Which, by the way, she was a full-time housewife. She's on the poster, but I notice now she is not on the opening credits. Did they massively uh, cut her part this season? Anyways, Amory's like, I love all these reactions. Oh, well, great, Amory. You're pretty much a fan so far. I don't think you're a cast member officially. Amory's like, I'm dying. They show us separate small conversations. Camille's like, oh, look, it's, oh my God, it's so stunning. Kyle gives her a welcome hug. And she's like, how are you? And Camille's like, you skinny thing. Erica hugs Denise. I'm glad to see you here tonight. Denise rubs her arm. Denise loves the. Loves to rub the ladies. And she's like, I'm glad to see you here too. And Erica's like, are you down to eat this dinner with the THC and the CBD? And Denise is like, I don't want to eat that stuff. I've smoked weed twice in my life and no way. I do. I mean, do we really believe Denise has only smoked? I mean, it must've been a lot of other stuff. Erica interrupts, goes, it wasn't right. And Denise is like, it wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't good. And Denise gives a wink and goes, I'm not going to say who I did that with. <laughs> yeah. And then she looks directly at the camera like she's in Parks and Rec. She's like, zoinks. And Eric's like, no, that's fine. Garcelle goes, I'm not having any part of the weed food. And Cynthia's like, you aren't? And she's like, no, I, I don't like edibles. I'm not. And Cynthia's like, well, they're tricky because you never know what they're going to you know, kick in or turn off. And Garcelle's like, see, that's why I can. Cynthia's like, see, that's the thing. Then Dorit and Sutton, Dorit's like, did you talk to Kyle? And Susan's like, well, I'm going to. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I thought a cocktail would be in order. And Dorit's like, ooh. Dorit's so fucking phony to Sutton. And also, Dorit, you know, is just clocking. They're like, of course you're getting a drink, boo Bobby. You're an alcoholic. Kyle calls out, should we make our way to the table, everybody? And Sutton's like, well, I want to talk to you for a second, Kyle. And Kyle's like, you want to talk to me for a second? Justin, we're going to go sit in the other room for a minute. Will you make sure all the ladies go sit down? Camille and Faye pass each other entering the dining room, and Camille hugs Faye. Hi, it's been a while. And Faye's like, a long time. And then in tandem, they're like, good to see you. And then they go in different directions. Beautiful. Everyone's finding their seat in the dining room. Camille says quietly to Denise, who is sitting next to her, of course they would put Faye right across from me. And then Faye to Justin goes, I've, I'm sat directly across from Camille Grammer. And Justin goes, do you want to sit over there? And Faye's like, I just have no interest in talking to that woman. Like, listen, Faye is not getting paid for this. She's like, I, I, life is too short. I don't need to do this. Denise and Camille are watching this transaction with Faye. And Denise is like, but she's not sitting there anymore. And Camille's like, she's not? No, she's down there. And Faye is now seated next to Crystal <coughs> at the other end of the table. And Camille's like, okay, thank God. Ah, uh, okay. So I don't know if this is a producer setup or if Kyle did it. I don't think Kyle did it because I don't think Kyle would throw Faye under the bus like that. In the other room with Sutton and Kyle, and by the way, you can, in the back window, you can see Santos just outside, just, you know, just right there at the window, just chewing on some shrub shrubbery. And Sutton's like, well, okay, at Garcelle screening, uh, it got really heated, I say, I say. And I was like, it got more heated at your house. Well, yeah, which I hated. Name them. Because, you know, that's not like us. I know. That's why I kept saying I didn't think you were being yourself. And Sutton like, well, I wasn't being myself. I'd have a meeting with Christian. 
my ex-husband. I like that she throws in the ex-husband, you know, like that's how little they potentially are friends. Well, like, well, you might not know, even know his name. And cause like, ah, uh-huh. well, over the weekend, he got a big promotion. I'll say it's like, a big promotion, but he, you know, he moving to London. And the way he tells me, you know, it, it isn't celebratory. I say, I say, it's more, you're moving with me, with James, my son. And Kyle's like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, Kyle, I'm a man hater now. Son's like, well, I'm glad that you can say that because I sure can't. And Kyle's like, I mean, you're divorced. He doesn't have a right to tell you what to do. Anyway, go ahead. Finish your story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He better let you get tattooed. He can't tell you if you can get tattoos or not either, Sutton. And Sutton's like, well, no, he doesn't have a right. He doesn't have a right, and I don't know. You know, and Sutton in the talking head goes, when I went through my divorce, I was like, he had a bigger team than I did. He could fight me harder. It was like Princess Leia against Darth Vader and all those those stormtroopers, all those people dressed up in those white hockey equipment. I was like, he was very powerful. I said, you know, globally. I'm not talking about no selling houses. I'm talking globally. I love the Sutton Shade this episode, truly. You know, this Sutton is finally finding her voice. Like, lean into that kooky girl. This is going to make you a forever housewife. You're going to be unique in your own way. And a lot of people are going to brush up against because Kyle's an all-time favorite. But stand your ground, girl. Stand your ground. You got Rena out of there. Eric is like this. I mean, this is good. This is. I mean, I know some of you guys might disagree, but this is good. Oh, so do you notice Sutton uses a lot of Star Wars references? Uh, I noticed that. She used Star Wars earlier in the season with the Princess Leia comment of like, save me, Obi-Wan, it's our only hope, I say, I say. And then Sutton continues in the scene. She's like, I was thinking, you know, can he just take James, my son? And Kyle's like, no. And then Sutton kind of starts crying. She's like, well, and then also, I don't know if James wanted to go with him. So he was weighing on me, I say, I say. So I overreacted because my brain is somewhere else. But, it, it, you know, it's fine. I'm not going to go to London. James isn't going to go to London, but now I'm going to have to have him full time, I say, I say. And I'm already busy raising a, a big old horse named Santos. So I'm like, I'm going to have, you know, well, my child supports, that's going to have to be increased and all that. And I'm going to have to just deal with that. And I was like, why is it a problem if your money's getting increased? Well, because I'm going to have to deal with him legally and Kyle's like, oh, okay. Kyle and I talking there goes, let me get this straight. You want sympathy for a move that's actually not going to happen? And you're going to get more money because you got to have your son all the time? Help me connect the dots. Like, Kyle, Jesus, snap out of this mood. Mike, maybe, really, no, honestly, maybe have an edible. Loosen the fuck up. Like, really? Like, what? You're so damn callous. You know? Are you going to love going to court with Mauricio for when you need things? I do think it is ridiculous. Uh, Sutton said, what, she gets like 350000 a month after taxes, and they're going to increase those payments? Like, how much is this kid eating? Like, what is going on with James, the son? Anyways, Kyle goes, so when we went to your house, yeah, what was going on with you? Well, I was off, Kyle. I was 100% I was off. But you were aggressive off. Like, you're being Kyle? And Sutton's like, well, something was going on with me. Okay, you may have to move to London and get extra money every month. (laughs) Listen, Kyle, it might not be like she's talking about what happened at the time. 
It didn't happen, but she said at the time that was a stressful situation. And also, yes, Sutton lives in a different world than any of us live in. So the things that stresses her out and mean something is different than most of things that mean to us. You know, she just lives a bigger lifestyle. And like this is big in her world, even though it might sound ridiculous to some of us. Um, sounds like, well, if you're not going to even be sympathetic to me, Kyle, and I'm telling you what was going on with me in my life. And Kyle's like, okay. And, and you're not like, wow, something that's a big deal. I say, I say, and Kyle's like, okay, that's devastating. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, it is a big deal. And Kyle kind of rambles. Well, it was a big deal when you said the fashion designer couldn't come into town. You know, that one season sounds like, well, will you listen for a second? Kyle's like, you're that out of touch. And Sutton does that whole silent film star thing where she's like, zoiks, like that big reaction. Meanwhile, in the dining room, Garcelle's like, are you the only man here tonight besides the chef to Justin? And Justin's like, the chef is single, cute, and he's 30, which means he's limber. And Erica's like, 30, yeah. And Dorit traps her mouth like, ooh. And Justin yells from the table, Chris. And Denise is like, you can be limber after 30 shit. Just joking, but she's loose. We're back to Sutton and Kyle Sutton's now pissed. She's like, my ex-husband's leaving the country. I say, I say indefinitely. I loved him. And Kyle very nastily goes, he isn't leaving forever. You can fly back and forth. I don't listen. I'm not saying it's not a situation you can, can't be sad about. I'm saying that it's an excuse because you make up excuses when you behave like this. And Sutton's like, well, what's your excuse, Kyle? So now we're getting, what's your excuse? Name him. In the dining room, Garcelle goes, where's Kyle? Where's Sutton? And Denise is like, did she have too much of the hors d'oeuvres? And Erica bursts out laughing and goes, <laughs> oh, Denise, I'm sorry. And Dorit to Denise goes, we haven't even eaten yet. It feels like Denise is eating all the THC. And Denise has very odd facial movements. She's like, well, you know what I'm talking about. Back to the other girl. Sutton's like, well, you're not the friend that I know. Not right now. Okay, okay. Well, you're not, Kyle. And Crystal enters the room and sits down. She's like, hey, I'm actually trying to get you guys. Everybody's like waiting, you know. We're trying to get our weed on. And Sutton's like, well, good. We can just sit if that's how you're going to be, Kyle. And you're not going to be honest, I say, I say. And Kyle's like, what do you want me to be honest about? Well, I don't know, Kyle. Why don't you tell me? Uh, so Sutton's getting out of something here. And Kyle's like, well, maybe I'm not being a friend because I think you're a little weird and off. And I don't know if it was your medicine for your feet that makes you act strange. <laughs> like, damn, dude. Like, Kyle's really just intense and insulting and demeaning. And Kyle continues, I don't know if that was your first drink or if you had a couple, but something was not right with you. And Sutton gets up and just walks out of the room. And Kyle screams after her, If you have something you want to say, just fucking say it, Sutton. Well, I think you lick box, Kyle. Oh, fine, I said. I think your marriage is up. Shit creek without a paddle, I say, I'll say. No, she didn't say any of that. That's like my dream. And Crystal's like, um, is this more of the same argument? And Kyle's like, she keeps doing this whole, like acting like she's concerned. There's something I should be sharing with her. And Crystal's like, I think you guys are just sort of doing the same things to each other. And that's what I'm reading. Sutton returns to the table and sits and Dorit stares at her to read her. And Erica's like, well, a hostess. I'm hungry. I want free food. And Sutton's like, well, a hostess. Well, she's in denial about something. Ooh. And Dorit does her exaggerated giant mouth drop. Like, oh my God. And Denise looks surprised. I mean, Denise looks surprised just to be anywhere right now. Faye shakes her head. Kyle returns heated to the table. Very shook up looking. And her dress looks, it's, it's her dress is like, what is it? It just, it was like a, 
what was that store in Paradise Valley Mall that I grew up near? What was, um, what was that lady? Oh, Charlotte Roos. It looks like a Charlotte Roos prom dress and her hair is all wee. I don't know, man. Kyle looks super intense in this scene. Like, you know, she's saying something's off with Sutton, but like something looks off with Kyle, you know? And Garcelle's like, are you okay? And Kyle says, did he explain everything? And Erica's like, no, we were waiting for you. And Amory's like, what? Straight tequila, third of the day. Chris is like, but here's the thing. I never, I, I never finish. And Cynthia Bailey is like, I know we're not supposed to drink, but I can't stop drinking. And son's like, well, can we not drink? And Cynthia's like, we're not supposed to drink if we eat the weed food. Now, Chef Chris comes to the table. He's like, hey, I'm Chris. And uh, tonight we've got a five-course tasting menu, and it's optionally infused with cannabis based upon everyone's individual tolerance. And it brings you up to what we call the euphoric zone. The camera show Kyle with a when they flash to Morgan Wade. No, the camera show Kyle with a jaw jutting growl on her face, mouthing the word bitch to Dorit to show her rage was sudden like bitch. Erica's like, right. And Chris is like, and we keep you that way throughout the courses and then gently bring you down with CBD during the dessert. I want to do one of these. Sounds like a blast. Kyle is just sulking like a two-year-old, ready to get a seventh tattoo. She has an angry look on her face. She's like kind of hunched over. The chef is speaking. And Chris is like, it's never meant to be this overwhelming arc to where you're like, where the fuck am I? And Garcelle's like, what if you don't want to partake at all? Well, that's not a problem at all. Jack over here, he's going to come around and get everybody's individual... Sorry, individual doses. And what we recommend is the 10 milligrams. But if you're more than welcome to do one, two, and Erica literally screams. And she's like, what happens if I do five? Do I feel anything? I want to feel something. I'm in a jam, but I don't want to see like lights. I don't want to embarrass myself any further than I already have the last two years. And Chris is like, well, it's not ayahuasca or psilocybin. I don't know, psilocybin. I don't know, anyway, mushrooms. He's like, this is cannabis. So Jack goes around and does the dosage request. Faye does five. Is that right? And uh, Crystal goes, well, I'm going to do five and then I can keep drinking right now. Five will usually, you know, I'm not a big weed guy, but five will usually like, uh, you know, you know, 10, I'll be, I would be flying. I would try it in that environment, but not much more. I have friends that can do like 70 milligram edible, like just some really intention. I would, I would die. I would die. Anyways, Amory says zero and uh, fun. And Garcelle's like, zero. I will sue you guys if I'm high. <laughs> and can then Camille to Jack, uh, meaning Denise, is like, she's not having any. And Denise is like, I'm not having any. Denise is already flying. Denise potentially has eaten all the cannabis. Camille's like, I'll do five. And uh, I hope that doesn't upset my IBS. And Dorit goes, I'll do one. And Erica's like, five. And son's like, well, I'll be doing zero. And then, you know, Dorit, why do any at all if you're going to just do one? Anyways, Crystal goes, hey, guys. So before we start dinner, I'm trying to clear the air if possible. And Garcelle's like, oh. And Sutton stares at Crystal like, what are you doing? And Kyle's like, yeah, well. Crystal goes, I walked in there and you guys are screaming at each other saying you're being dishonest. Crystal, kind of another nice little housewife move of throwing the ball to the main event. Like, we want to bring this up again. So the table goes quiet and Kyle goes, I don't like feet. I don't like feeling like a friend. A friend is making veiled threats to me. And Sutton looks completely confused and pissed at that statement. Like I need my Santos right now. But also Kyle, 
Like, I don't like, you know, Kyle, you fucking make fun of your friends and do imitations of them all the time behind their backs. I'm sure they don't like that. When Sutton was like, well, there was no veiled threat, Kyle. And Kyle jumps back in. There is. When you do that and say, what's going on with you? And then you say, you're not being honest. And you walked out. What do you want me to be honest about? Kyle's talking a million miles a minute. He's like, rah, rah, rah. why do you say that? You have the balls to bring that up and the balls to say it to me. Garcelle is listening. Like, you know, she's always like full of wisdom. She's kind of just taking like Garcelle would be a great judge. And her face is thinking like, oh, geez, I told Sutton to just confront her. And Sutton's like, Kyle, in that room just then, Kyle's blinging harsh like, yeah. And Sutton's like, well, I shared something with you, Kyle, that was very personal to me that you kind of made fun of. And Kyle's like, I didn't make fun. I can understand that that's sad, but I think that's an excuse for your behavior in Vegas. Like you made an excuse in Lake Tahoe when you said I was acting like that because I was selling my home in Bel Air and buying another home in Bel Air. Kyle just keeps trying. I mean, Kyle, I'm sorry. You know, Sutton and Kyle should not consider each other friends. Just period. And Kyle is constantly thinking of all the kooky things Sutton does and just keeping a list all the time. And Sutton's like, well, you're just deflecting, Kyle. You don't want to talk about yourself. I'm explaining myself. Well, I'm talking about me, I'll say, I'll say, and my personal life. And I'm sharing that with you. And I'm being very honest and real, Kyle. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, the, the chef's like, should I go out there? They're they're fully screaming at each other. Uh, he's like, we need to get these ladies high pronto. Son's like, well, and then I was asking you to do the same with me, Kyle, and y'all not doing it. And Kyle's like, but then you're saying, but you need to be honest about what's going on with you. And Son's like, okay, so then you're perfect, I say. I say, well, I'm not saying I'm perfect, Sutton. I didn't say my life is perfect. I'm saying if you have the balls, if you're not going to be my friend and put that out there, then have the balls to say what you wanted to ask me. Kyle is really using the word balls a lot. All of a sudden, she doesn't like balls, and now she's saying balls all the time. Son's like, well, I'm asking. I'm asking you. No, what's going on, Kyle? What are you trying to insinuate? Well, what, what, what are you doing? You're doing your workout schedule. And Kyle looks hard at Anne-Marie, like, see? And Son's like, what are you doing with your eating things? And then Anne-Marie jumps in and goes, what's going on? And Kyle's like, I cannot believe you have the guts to say that to me. What you don't eat. And everyone is quiet, and they're all looking at Sutton. Huge pause. Kyle can't sit in that at all, that pause. And Kyle and I talking to that goes, I mean, I have not said anything before. When she's going to make comments about my eating and working out and not drinking, don't make me go there. I mean, this is interesting. I mean, it is interesting to immediately throw out an eating disorder accusation against Sutton when they're talking about Kyle's different lifestyle choice. So this is interesting. It's what I said at the very beginning, eight hours ago at the beginning of this podcast, is that Kyle can't sit in her own behavior, like sit in questioning of it. Like she can question other people. She can bring up all of these things over 13 seasons. But now that it has landed on her turn, she is now just throwing wild things accusations, things, little half things, just throwing it all against the wall. Because at the end of the day, she does not want the spotlight on her in this way. Kyle and I talking to her, goes, Sutton literally just pushes her food around her plate like my kids would do when they wanted to think they were eating their vegetables. Those potatoes just moved from the left to right. And Anne-Marie goes, does everybody know what's going on? Or am I literally the only one in the dark? And Dorit's like, you're not the only one in the dark. And Anne-Marie's like, can I just say something then? You guys, I'm just like meeting you guys and everything, but I, you know, really want the work. But uh, when you're really friends, you can say things to each other. And Dorit's like, yes. And can I just say, you guys are not saying anything to each other right now. Be blunt. Say what you're saying. Get past it. 
Doreen, Denise, by the way, we see her just drunkenly drinking waters. Like, and Dorit's like, I agree. Amory's like, but you're not saying anything to each other right now. And Sutton's like, well, is there something going on in your personal life, Kyle, that you would like to share? And Amory's like, with what, though? Like, what? And Garcelle finally goes, her marriage. Just spits it out. Boom. Good, Garcelle. Damn, yeah. Hell, yeah. Erica to Garcelle goes, really? <laughs> Garcelle's like, yes. What's with the new band? That's what she wants to know? No, Kyle, I want to know. What's with the new wedding band? Garcelle will shut shit down when she needs to. Doreen and Erica's face are like, zoiks. Son's like, well, you haven't been wearing your wedding ring, Kyle. They again flash photos of this. And Kyle's like, right, it's in the bank. My big diamond? Son's like, well, you know, all those things, they kind of add up. And Kyle's like, so this is what you're lost about, that I had a different ring on that I bought for myself? And Eric's like, you going to afford to buy things for yourself? No, no, Eric goes, hell, I didn't wear mine for years. I fucked that old man for money. And Garcelle's like, was it a makeup band? A makeup band? What does that mean? And Garcelle's like, when your husband messes up, you get a gift. I have a diamond cross when my husband messed up. And Eric's like, oh, girl, did it burst into flames? And she cackles like, <laughs> And Dorit's like, does that exist? PK never gives me makeup gifts. He just reenacts pretty woman. Take my breath away. And uh, Garcelle goes, yeah, they buy you something so you forget what they did. And Camille's like, oh, my God, I used to get cars. <laughs> Frazier used to buy me scrambled eggs. And Garcelle's like, okay, girl. And Kyle goes, she's asking about a sapphire and diamond band that I have, which is very beautiful, but wasn't a gift from Mauricio. I bought it myself with my money from the Halloween movies. And Son's like, well, okay, so it's all cleared up. And Faye's like, it just seems so inappropriate. Who said that, Garcelle says. And Faye goes, you're asking about her marriage at a table and talking behind her back. No, Crystal asked. Anne-Marie asked. What do you, don't blame it at one person. Anyways, Camille quietly, Denise goes, we've dealt with that. And Denise likes a deer in headlights. Like, where am I? Is Charlie Sheen coming? What's going on? Sutton's like, well, I'm clear now, Kyle. And Kyle's like, that's such a weird thing to say. I mean, of all I mean. And she turns to Garcelle and goes, where did you get that necklace, Garcelle? And Garcelle goes, Zara. And everybody laughs. Great line. Eric and I talking there goes, I don't know why something digs into people's personal lives, but I got to be honest. I'm just glad it's not mine this time because I've had enough. I'm just enjoying watching the show. <laughs> and uh, Kyle goes, guess what? I buy things myself. I bought a Cartier ring with you. I bought Morgan a Rolex. <laughs> I bought Morgan a truck. I bought this ring myself. And Sutton's like, well, then it's all cleared up. There's nothing wrong. And then snarky Kyle says to Amory, I guess I have a jewelry in the bank that was a gift because he must have done something wrong. And then Kyle says to the table, so what you're saying is that my husband must have cheated on me. And everyone stares at Sutton. And Sutton's like, did I say that? I would, it would be great if someone was like, yeah, with a lot of ladies, name them name him and then santos runs in like nee. kyle pulls her chin down and stares up with her eyes in a ghoulish way like really she's like like possessed sneering at sutton amory now kyle's biggest supporters like kyle can't get new jewelry and kyle can't get fit is that what we're saying essentially because like i guess so and by the way making it even worse i said at the retreat this hasn't been our best year being married i was open kyle at the eagle woman retreat going 
I would be lying if I were to say that the last year didn't affect, you know, me and our relationship. And Kyle goes, we had a hard time. And Faye's like, that's marriage. And Kyle's like, yeah, I have not had a great year. And Erica's like, yeah, look at me. And Kyle's like, and I shared this at the retreat. So it feels like a low blow. Okay. Is that not enough for you guys? And son's like, sure it is. And Kyle's like, do you want more? Do you want my husband to have cheated and bought me that band that he did not buy me? And Erica's like, wow, let's not do that. And then Kyle's like, because he didn't. He did not buy that for me. I bought it for myself. But that band does replace her wedding. This is the funny thing is that at the end of the day, like we're almost there. Kyle, just fucking admit it. The truth shall shut, shall set, shall shut, shall shut you, shall set you free. Like the thing is, there is something here with the ring, guys. There is something here. And it fucking bothers Kyle that Sutton's the one that called it out. Garcella and talking to goes, I think Kyle doesn't want to address the elephant in the room. Is there something going on in your marriage? That's the question. Not who bought the ring. Does that matter? And Sutton's like, great, Kyle. I'm happy. I say, I say, I'm content with all of your answers. And Faye goes, but that's weird when you say that. That feels wrong. Well, she's being, do you feel like that was nice? And Kyle freaking out goes, what's really, everyone's saying, what's going on with you? If I'm going through a hard time and exercising and working out and going down on the muff and not drinking, because, you know, guess what? Even if I have two glasses of wine, the next day I feel down and depressed. I can't afford to feel depressed right now. To be continued. It's dark, though. Why can't you afford to get depressed right now? To be continued. Let's uh, let's see part two of the Dinner from Hell part two. Hell yeah, folks. We did it. What a long-ass episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs. Uh, and it's Friday. Uh, you got the weekend. Catch up with family. Tell somebody you love them. Eat something good. Drink something great. Spend some time by yourself. Listen to some music. Maybe exercise or don't. Whatever you're feeling like. And then join us bright and early on Monday for an all-new pop culture roundup. What a week of episodes. If you if you like this show, remember, rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sign up for our Substack. The link is in the show notes. And uh, join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. We did a live show this week on Monday and uh, a 40-minute episode today. So there's a lot happening. My voice is sore. Goodbye, you guys. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.